We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, here for another week of the show. So good to just be starting fresh this week, talking about pro wrestling. No pay-per-views to talk about this week, but plenty of other stuff, including the release of Bray Wyatt from the WWE. We have to recap Raw and SmackDown, a little bit of Goldberg talk, a little bit of John Cena talk mixed in there, of course, and then talk about AEW's latest show. They, they have a million names for their shows. I think it's Fight for the Fall. But every week, there's a new name for these damn shows. Don't expect me to keep up with everything. The show itself is dope. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the elite doing the Space Jam entrances, the Dark Orders, Cowboy entrance, all of that stuff later on in the show. We are on our rundown. We are starting the show off with the versus battle that ha- happens on Tuesday between Dipset and Locks. But in all honesty, I have to get my energy up before we get into that. I need to do that justice, right? Like I need to be on 100,000 when we talk about that. I got to be on full New York mode because that is literally my childhood right there being broadcast on the versus screen. But before I got on the mic, uh, I made Andreas, of course, you guys know Dre's in the building. Um, I made Dre just hold on for a second. I was like, yo, I need like 10, 15 minutes before we start. Cause I was talking to my Godfather and uh, not to go into a long diatribe. I think I might've talked about him on the show several times, but my Godfather's like one of the closest people in my life. There's times when I needed somebody, he was always there. And my Godfather has been battling stage four cancer for two and a half years now, I think. So talking to him, getting medical updates, but you know, the conversation goes on to the topic of what we talked about on the last show. And that was the baby's comments. And now my godfather has no clue who the baby is. He just knows he's a musician. He's on stage. He's read articles, saw the comments. And so it kind of threw me off because I know we just talked about the baby. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to fuck the energy in the room up, but I got to start this show by saying, fuck the baby. And, and, and like, Upside down, sideways, however, like, fuck him. Like, I'm glad he got pulled from Lollapalooza and all this shit. 
because my godfather, and I talked about it in the realm, like he's always been openly gay my entire life. I, I'm, it's opened my eyes since I was a child, like four or five years old, to what the world is from a different lens. Now, everyone doesn't have these experiences. This is shit that happens, um, for me at least personally, growing up in New York, you're privy to a lot of different things. My godfather was one of the premier drag queens in the late 80s, early 90s in the village downtown. So like he had reviews and all this stuff and huge shows and stuff down there. So I was I was used to that growing up. And my godfather at the time when I was really young, his best friend was also a drag queen, died of AIDS in 1992. So talking about the article, and this is not the first time, but anytime anything triggers this for like my godfather, he'd just break down and cry like real ass tears. And I was like, man, like it, I was like, yo, I got to go on the show after this, but it fucked me up. Like the pain in that off of the statements where, you know, we, we talked about like, oh yeah, he's stupid or you can't say that or we, but seeing it personalized to someone I care about. And I could only imagine how many others were affected by these words. Yeah. I'm going to fuck with the guy who makes another dollar in his life. Like it, it completely fucked my energy up coming into the show. So I was like, yo, I, you know what? The best way to do it, I was like, fuck it. I just got to talk about it. Start the show off. Get it off my chest. Get the energy off of there. Because, yeah, some real shit. Like someone I care about, someone who the past two and a half years, like we're doing everything. And thankfully, doctors and all this stuff in his health is as good as it could be in this condition. But someone where I don't know if they're how long they're here for that I've cared about my entire life who has a million fucking reasons to cry and doesn't like he doesn't cry over his cancer doesn't cry over two and a half years straight of chemo uh doesn't cry over losing weight losing hair i mean he's always been bald for like the past 10 years but still all this shit like he doesn't cry about any of that but to be triggered by a fucking idiot on stage and to cry i was like oh this is ridiculous so i gotta i gotta ask what what was it exactly that he felt with the baby's comments like what what was it exactly to contextualize it he felt as though he was making light of aids and people with aids and Got it. His, i mean i mean his best friend like honestly like obviously before i was born but um my godfather came out to this guy and he helped like he was a, a pretty well-known, his best friend was a well-known drag queen, like really well-known. Like if fucking RuPaul's drag race was around then, he'd be a judge, right? So um, he was only like 19, my godfather was 16. So my godfather like came out to this guy before he came out to anyone, all this shit. He helped my godfather so many ways. Um, my godfather ride from Long Island into the city it, to go to shows. He hooked him up in all these different venues. Like they were close as close can fucking be. And to hear that, he told me the whole story when the guy told him he had AIDS. The, his best friend passed away in four months after telling him he had AIDS and how like serious it was back then to the point of, I, I think it hurt more because again, he doesn't know the baby. It hurt more to see that someone can joke about that. That's like someone making a slavery and noose joke. You know, like right. they're so out of touch. Like this shit ain't funny. This is a kid who, the baby wasn't born when my uncle was grieving and crying over his best friend. Like you have no fucking clue 
what it was like in the 80s and 90s for the gay community one to say anything to say you're gay for anyone to catch AIDS to have to be gay before they knew anyone can catch AIDS like it brought up like a swell of emotions like nothing about that shit is funny <sighs> yeah I mean I I hate that you know we even have to talk about this for another week but I guess it, this is kind of brings it back it, it, there's so much irony in somebody like the baby saying something about a community which he doesn't understand and trying to make light of their situation and then go on Twitter and say, well, where are y'all at when, you know, police brutality is happening? Like, dog, do you realize what you're doing? By you stepping out and talk, speaking on a community that you know nothing about and trying to make light of a situation uh, that isn't funny, especially to any community, but to their specifically, for you to try to make light of that and then be like, oh, it's not a big deal or T.I. trying to defend it. It's like, yo, you are doing exactly what they do to us and you're not showing the same sympathy nor empathy of their situation. It's the shit ain't funny. The shit, that's why I asked you the context, because I don't think some people understand. It's not just, you know, you're talking about me because of the color of my skin or me because of my sexuality. There's pain and trauma that comes in behind that. And that's the reason why it hurts people that the way it does. And to make a joke about sucking dick in parking lots and, you know, if you don't have AIDS, get away from like, yo, what is that? That's why I say it was so wholly unnecessary when he did it to sit there and get super defensive about it is ridiculous. Like, what do I always say? Just say, I'm sorry, dog. Just say, I'm sorry. I didn't understand. Maybe I need to be around more gay people because that's one thing. The hip hop community is still very homophobic. I think he tried to defend it and be like, yo, my gay homies are classy. They don't suck dick in parking lots. That's, they don't that's have AIDS. It. Like, no, like he, he defended in the worst way. Like that. That's oh, yo, oh. that that's the the my good. Um, You're a good black. That's that's yep. what he did. Right. You can't do that because that's not speaking to an entire community. That's speaking to your experience with a certain certain individuals that aren't representative of an entire community. It's like, you know, white people saying, why can't y'all be like Candace Owens? Like, what the fuck? You can't do that. You can't. There's a community of people that are pained by their trauma and their past. And the baby, yeah, thankfully, Lollapalooza was like, yeah, we don't need this. Pull him. He's already made a bunch of money, right? Like, the baby's already got bread. He's he's going to be good, and he's going to continue. There are going to be people that are going to defend him. But I know, like, I said, I'm good. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to be bothered with that shit. Somebody who's that shallow, and, you know, the baby's still relatively young, but we're supposed to be a tolerant society. And that's why when people talk about, like, racism's over or, like, oh, well, you know, we're a progressive society, we kind of aren't when things like this happen. You know, when we see things like this happen within our community, we're not. We've made some moves. Yeah, there are people that are are more accepting of different races and cultures and sexualities, but there's a lot more people who still aren't. There's a lot ignorant. more people. Ignorant. Dude, there's a lot more people where I grew up um, that still hate gay people. They still think it's funny to call people, you know, slurs. They still they, they don't rock with it. They think it's cool. And like these are people that I grew up with. It's not it's not really changing. Not everybody's being more progressive. So I'm sorry that you got your godfather had to deal with that kind of ignorance. Not even ignorance. It's just fucking an asshole, right? Like I'm I'm sorry they had to deal with that, but hopefully that people start understanding like yo it's pot calling kettle black man like black community we've got our own issues but if we're not going to sit we can't sit here and ask for people to be helpful to us if we're not going to be helpful to their cause so we got to chill out man so fuck the babies 
Yeah, fuck it. Fuck anyone who defends him. Fuck T.I. and his million-word vocabulary, which he doesn't even use it in the right context. Like, whatever. Fuck them all. Like, there's no... Again, it's so easy to just say you were wrong and apologize. And a lot of times this shit gets buried, right? Like, it's it, it would have never gotten the reach of what he said on stage, right? That that was always going to be the first article written, read this first thing on Google, first video shown. But at least then someone can, I could have then told my godfather who doesn't know who the fuck the baby was. I was like, yo, they thought this shit was clever for an album rollout. It's the stupidest shit. Like, it's not going to help. But he apologized. They're educating him on it. Like, there's some... Like, okay, at least an idiot is learning, right? It's like when people say, oh, racism. Why are you still mad about slavery? That was so long ago. Right. Like, like so? So? Like, because you're an idiot then. So if you don't say, oh, I'm sorry about that comment and you're learning, then there's just another idiot in the world. I don't feel comforted. Like, no, this shit happened. It's traumatizing. Like, AIDS, AIDS had, it was an epidemic. They had fucking concerts and marches and fundraisers and people see magic johnson and laugh like oh magic had oh look at magic still here all this shit like you know how rare that was i mean magic's also rich very right? rich rich people died <laughs> from this shit freddie mercury ain't here but i'm saying ma- magic's the type of guy like he can afford the the proper medication to still be here whereas the average person cannot exactly quality of life we, People don't know. Magic wakes up probably every day taking 50 pills. Like, quality of life counts. Like, oh, what a stupid fucking statement. So, yeah, I was like, oh, man. I had to shake that off. Talk about, yeah, fuck the baby. Fuck all them. Um, day in Vegas, I will be skipping his show. Uh, so, that might be a food break for me. So, I'm, I'm all the way cool on that. But, show that I'm not skipping. And the reason we were talking hip hop to start the show, to get the air back in the room, the verses this Tuesday, it is paired with boxing. We'll be talking about the boxing fight itself on Thursday's show. <laughs> Nobody uh, cares about that fight. Some might care about the fight. Michael Hunter. People remember Michael Hunter? No, maybe. No, I don't know. No. I don't know. You guys let me know if you're going to tune in the two hours early to see boxing or if you're just going to tune in when the verses start. But Nonetheless, they are pairing it together, Triller is, and everyone knows why they're in the garden. They want to see the Locks versus Dipset. They want to see Jada versus Cam. They want to see Styles and Jewels. They want to see Jim Jones and Sheik. It's perfect. Th- this is, and perfectly fitting with the show, this is like when the Wyatt family and the Shield squared off. For you, yeah, sure. Not for me. What? You're not excited about this? Not not like everybody else. I I never was a huge Dipset fan. I would say I'm clutching my pearls, but like what? I'm I'm clutching the bandana that is wrapped around my fitted. Mm-mm. Never was that a huge what? Dipset fan. Nope. Nope. That nope. is crazy. I mean, I get it. You were like, I don't want to call you a backpacker, but you were into different things at the time. Then Cam's very different and unique flow that people do not appreciate enough. A man is a wizard with the words. 
So, can, can, I mean, look, man, I, I'll put it like this. We'll, we'll get to the, the nitty-gritty of the actual battle in a second. But with Dipset, yes, Dipset Anthem was incredible, right? Um, I felt like Lil Wayne stole Jules Santana's career. That's just me. I just I just felt like they were at one point they were together going to make, you know, can't feel my face and do all these things. And then all of a sudden Wayne took off and Jules went nowhere, which was yeah, bizarre to me. I have no clue how that happened. Def Jam yeah, dropped like, the ball on that one. That was crazy. But um, I never was a big Jim Jones fan. I never was a big Freaky Zeke fan. Like, I just, I wasn't a big Dipset fan. I just wasn't. Freaky Zeke might be top five skit makers in hip-hop history. Yeah, he doesn't make, the music ain't that No, I, I don't I don't even know if he has songs. To I'm be sure honest, I think he, he just makes skits. I, I'm That's almost right. positive. I've never heard a Freaky Zeke song. I've I've heard Hellrell, J.R. Ryder. Now I'm getting in the bag. Yeah. 40 Cal. Like all of them on a track, Freaky, Freaky just did the skits, and they were hilarious skits. Um, <laughs> there's one one skit where Jim Jones kicks the chick out of the car on the West Side Highway because she threw up on his Tims. It's all bad, um, but yeah. So the, but actually, they both make very good skits. The Locks have some funny ass ones too. Jay, the Jay Jerkin nigga skit is oh, yes. iconic. <laughs> so. But when you look at this this battle with Cam, with Dipset, I don't think, because what it sounds like to me is that you're saying this kind of one-sided. No, it's not, because I, I understand why people love Dipset, right? Like, I, I get it. I've heard the music. I've, I've seen people, you know, the bandanas, every, like, I, I get okay. it. So you're not trying to jagged edge them. I thought you were doing, no. like, yo, this is like jagged edge, or, oh, well, that's SWV, or, like, yo, they have no, or... Yeah, it, it, no. it's not like Dipset. Dipset was huge, especially in New York at the time. Like Dipset was a huge movement. The thing about the locks is between Jada Kiss and Styles P, that bag is super deep. I don't. I mean, look, man. People like Jim Jones. People like Joels. People like Cam. But Jada and Styles albums by themselves. That's a lot of ammunition. <laughs> then you got the, the albums that they did as the locks. And then, you know, you can pick a, a chic song or two. Um, but seriously, like, or two. But it's it's really like Jada Kiss is going to dominate a lot of this battle, in my opinion. Jada's just got, he's got too many joints. You saw what he did to Fabulous. I'll say he already had a versus, so he's not going to dominate the battle. Um, SP, I love SP's albums, but he doesn't have the hits that Jim Jones has. I mean, and all right, all right. Wait, that's wait, wait, to say wait. that I'm picking locks, but I mean, he doesn't have the hits Jim Jones had. Like, I get high is a dope ass hit. Everything else was features off of SP's tracks. Um, he doesn't have a ball in. He doesn't have even like a make it rain. Um, like Jim Jones has like tracks or or hits for a second when Max B was writing for him. Yeah, I mean, Jim Jones is his, but there's there there aren't that many. Summer with Miami, he could bring out Trey place to go fucking crazy jimmy got some joints uh, i mean regardless still picking the locks i i, I, just I am too like, it's just too there's just too much i mean dude i mean you go back to even the the benjamins what are they gonna do when they play the benjamins what are you I gonna was do just about to say that there's no retort for all about the bed like once that comes on you just you play your worst song just follow that shit up with like a brand new cameron single like play something just a complete throwaway because nothing's matching that. Don't put up um Hey Ma against it. Don't put up uh what fucking don't uh, throw a horse and carriage out there for that one. 
<laughs> horse and carriage. <laughs> right? Like just like it's dope and it's nostalgic, but you're not trying to win with horse and carriage. No, you're not. You're not. Like just throw that shit up there against it. You're like, oh, you guys want to go early nineties, horse and carriage. I oh, mean, yeah, Mason Betha, like I mean, that's tough sledding. All about the Benjamins, 24 hours to live. Oh, I mean, 24 you, hours. Reservoir Dogs, if they play it. Yes, if Reservoir Dogs, you pull that out. I mean, I, me personally, one of my favorite joints, even though the best verse on there is probably Jay's, is Blackout from DMX's. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Second album. Like, they all of them murdered that. Joint from uh, the Biggie album from Ready, from Life After Death. Yeah. I mean, you could you could do We'll Always Love Big Papa. You could do Mariah Carey's Honey. Yeah, People forget that they were on there. I think okay. I said that on the podcast. Yes, you have. Yeah, it's like you claim to be. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, <laughs> listen, because no one wants to hear that I was in the Mary J. Blige, you know, in this Dancer Reeve video. No, nobody wants to hear that. No, no, no. Everyone wants to get that video. But now everybody does want to hear it because you said it. You oh, know what? Yeah. They, they should play just out of spite of everything if you think I'm jiggy, just so I can get a laugh. Oh, <laughs> yo, that shit was dope. What if they came out with the shiny suits, like after the intermission? Oh, Came out with the shiny suits just for one joint, and they did the shiny suit rap. Oh, they'd kill it. Uh, Puff got to make an appearance. I mean, it's at, at the garden. Puff will pop up. Probably all yeah. about the Benjamins, and do that with them. No, I mean they, the catalog is is way too deep. Jada, if he wants to play his single joints, him and SP back and forth have a million tracks together. It's crazy. That- yeah, it's just it's it's a lot. Like all uh, the Rough Rider shit, man. Like all the with Eve. Yeah. Oh, all J- Jada wants to pull out World War Three if he brings out Snoop. Look, it's your name, gangster. This will be fun. This will be a fun battle because yes, everybody who loved the Dipset and the Locks, especially you know late nineties, early two thousands, it's gonna be incredible. But the fact of the matter is, I just think the Locks bag is too deep for Dipset. But that twenty being said, songs help. Yeah, I was trying. I wanted to be in New York because I just wanted to see the energy in the building for that. Because I thought that would have been pretty incredible. I mean, listen, mask up, people. Have a blast. Mask up. Because <laughs> it, it is going to be packed. And uh, don't get stomped out. Don't don't act brand new. I know the quarantine and all this stuff. People was in the house a long time. People just act stupid anyway over the summers in New York. Like, that's just a thing. So, no, nah, don't. It's going to be a million people with Tim's and Nike boots and, and, and Gore-Tex. Like, don't get stomped out. It, it ain't cute. Don't get stomped out. I don't want to see that on the TikTok or on on Twitter. Nah, let's keep this peaceful. Um, if you want, show up in pink and, and salute to the dip set, and salute to Cam. But now I can't. I can't wait. I mean, in my personal top 10, not, you know, objective, my personal top 10, I just bumped Cam like two years ago. Cam was like 14 when I listed it out. When we were doing the show, my personal top 10 ever. Cam is like four. Like he just got bumped and now I've smartened up and moved him back a little more. But he's like my 14th favorite MC ever. I like Cam that much. Cam's got a joint. Listen, uh, Down and Out, joint he did with Kanye. Kanye. Oh boy. Oh, Suck It or Not with Lil Wayne is underrated. They- um, Welcome to New York City. What if Jay came out for Welcome to New York City? Yeah, that'd be funny. <sighs> You know who would feel very bad about that? Dame Dash. He would not be happy with that. No. <laughs> no. Like, that ain't Harlem. He'd be yelling from outside the building, taunting everybody. Yeah. I, but so is, I'm picking the locks, but the, the key here is this is truly a battle of song selection. 
you can if the locks could just do something dumb and the dips could just take off on them they could make some bad song selections i doubt that they will but i think dipset has enough especially based on cam's catalog with this could get very interesting this is the key and i wrote this down in the notes does this come down to who has bigger commercial success no no because when you do Joel's and chris brown on whatever Joel's first single was that shows a huge hit talked about jim jones having commercial hits um, and if they bring out guests, even crazier, right? Like Chris Brown, Trey Song, like these motherfuckers start coming out. Like it, it's wild. Um, you got songs with Wayne, Joel's does, and Jim Jones does. Um, got joints with Fat Joe. Fat Joe might come out. We went through Cam's catalog, Down and Out, featuring Kanye. Um, we had like four singles on the Come Home with Me album. There's a lot of shit in there. Not to mention when you go into like the diplomatic immunity bag for some of the hardcore joints. That was still really huge in New York. I feel like if you're going hits for hits, they might be able to steal 10 or 11. It's, dog, it's very possible, man. The, the dip set has a very deep bag. I, I don't think it has anything to do with commercial hits. I think it's really dependent on this New York audience. And I was in New York at the time. That's going to be like the internet's, yes. And internet's going to be the internet. But you're doing this in front of a bunch of people. You got to play the right songs at the right time. Look, they could play Dipset Anthem for like five of their songs. I don't think anybody would blink. No, no, <laughs> no one's going to object to that. But no, yeah, you can't, you can't let Jada talk you out of your bag. No. That's where, that's, that's where Fab fucked up. And then Jada got drunk and laughed at him. You got to stick to the game plan. So yeah. whatever you decide to play, stick to the game plan. Don't have Jada conning you into playing mixtape classics or, or, you know, B-side hits. Because then he's just going to beat you over the head with him. There's a lot. Like, I'm thinking about it. I really and mean it. Why? Yo, I'm, th- I'm thinking about I really mean it from Dipset. I forgot. Oh, I really mean it was tough. Oh, there's, there's so much on diplomatic immunity that's so crazy. Oh, my God. It's going to be. I, I don't know how they fit it into 20 songs. I don't know either. It's, it's song selection. Something's going to get left off. You can't, like, they can't not play Oh Boy, right? Like, you have to. Have to play that. Have to play Hey Ma. Have to play the Jewel's joint. Have to play Ballin'. You can play Weatherman if you want. Um, oh, God. Diplomatic Immunity had family ties on it. Bring out J.R. Ryder. Wow. That was my shit. They had uh, Crunk Music. Crazy. Bigger Pictures on there. Diplomatic, that was Diplomatic Immunity too. Then one got Dipset Anthem. I really mean it. There's so much shit on there. I'm ready. It's a lot. It's a lot. This is a this is a good versus battle, and they're doing it in New York. So this is. I was trying to find a reason to go, but Michael Hunter is not a reason. No, nah, they didn't. They didn't, no, they didn't help. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't help out with that. Even though hard. when I had my meeting, my travel meeting, I was asked very specifically, like, "Yo, you don't want to go to this." And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. Like, it, it could have fit in my budget. And I was like, nah. My daughter starts school. Like, I have my daughter full-time now. My oldest. Oh, well, that makes sense. And she starts school on the 9th. And I was like, do I really want to travel on the 3rd? No, you don't. And they come, I was like, nah, man. That's what I was like, uh, I got to chalk it up to the game. Family first. But, nah, trust. I got I got the Timbos in the closet. The Constructs, they ready. Me, me and Elena got matching Constructs. 
because she got us both a pair when we moved to the East Coast. So we got those in the box, crispy. I got the, the Yankee fitted, standing strong. I'm about to go cop a white tee, 2X, tall tee, this week. Like, maybe Monday, but cop the 2X white tee. I'm going to throw on, if I could find your bold shorts, I would. But I'm going to throw on jean shorts. I'll go to thrift store and buy jean shorts to rock with my Tim's. It's summertime, baby. If you ain't do Timbo's and jean shorts, what are you doing? So oh. that, the Yankee fit in the, the, the white tee. I'm ready wear, for tomorrow. I, I wear Tim's all the time, but I don't wear Tim's with shorts. I don't really wear shorts that much, but I don't wear Tim's with shorts. I got to wear some fresh sneakers with that. Nah, I got to feel, I got to take it back. It was either that or the crispy all white uptowns, but nah, I want it to be grimy. All right, well, that's on you. Yeah, that's I'm, <laughs> in your I'm house. Only character. Yeah, I might buy Elena a jersey dress with the Timbos. Oh, Jesus. We take this shit back to 03, feeling good for this versus. And I'm going to go get a bottle of Alize and a bottle of Hypno. Don't do that. For the, for the environment. You got to do it. Those are two things I haven't seen in your bar. You won't. You have everything. There's you no won't have to see it in my bar. There's no hip though. <laughs> you know what I found in my bar? Like I was digging through. This is like really off subject, but I was digging through like all my stuff because we just got our floors done in our house and we're like removing all our stuff. And I was like, wow, I found a bottle of Nouveau. Oh, God. That tastes it, like champagne, right? Not really. I, I can't even tell you what Nouveau tastes like anymore, but there was a stretch while I was in New York. And anybody who was in New York at this time knows what I'm talking about. There was a stretch from like 09, maybe late 08 to 2010, where like Nouveau was everywhere and they were just giving the shit out for free. And they just gave me a bunch of bottles and I found one. And it's not like we never me and my wife never finished it. I can't remember why. Dude, I can't remember a what decade old bottle of Nouveau. It probably wasn't that old, but. I just found the bottle and I was just like, what is this? And I was like, wow, Nouveau. They were like hip hop is probably it's definitely the only uh, genre of music that you can tie a type of liquor to the era. Hands down. Like you can't really do a rock music. I think it's everything is like past blue ribbon fucking beer. Right. But with hip hop, it's like, oh, yeah, the, the Cristal era. Oh, yeah. 40 ounces. That's West Coast. Yep. Like special brew. Say not special brew. Yep. That's early 90s West Coast shit. Like Nouveau was like, I think it was like Rick Ross, Maybach music type shit. Um, you mentioned Alizé. That was like late 90s, Tupac and the early 2000s, like the Incredible Hulk era. Yeah. Covassier with, with Buster Rhymes, Pastor Covassier. We are always like, this is a benchmark of liquor. If you drink a liquor at a certain time, he was like, oh, you like this kind of music. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's 2012 weird. through 2015 or like the Ciroc boy shit. Yeah. Where yeah, French it's, Montana it's, and Fab, when he had the Coco Loso, that shit took over for us. So. Oh, God. Before the flavors. That was like the first, the coconut Ciroc was the first flavor to come out. With the pineapple juice, that shit was sold out nationally. It's crazy, but that's that's hip hop. That's that's some true hip hop shit. But yeah, I found a bottle of Nouveau. And I was like, yeah. where, where did this come from? I was going through my garage, and I was like, where the, who drinks this? Yeah, obviously, you, I'm not going to drink it. You obviously drink it. It was free. Like, they just <laughs> gave it to us. So we, like, it's crazy. I'm anyway, calling your wife next time I see her. Like, oh, you guys have, like, the most sophisticated palate. But Dre told me you drink Nouveau back in the day. 
yeah, that's that's wild. It's all, um, all bad. Uh, as an aside, before we move on to anything else, I want to talk about the album of the year competition because we are now in August 1st as we're recording the show. And I have three albums on my hip hop album of the year conversation. There's only three. Any guesses what they are? Yeah, I can guess all three, I believe. You should um, be. Able to. So Tyler Creator. Yes. Then we have the new Isaiah Rashad. Oh, yes. Which is very dope. I've only been able to listen through twice, though. So I got it. I haven't been in a car much. I like listening to music in a car. So um, I've listened to twice, though, but I see the hype. Um, and it's super dope. And then Tyler, that, and J. Cole. Yes. And J. Cole is hanging around by a thread. Oh, come on. That, that shit is fire. Uh, it's hanging around by a thread because it's going to get booted out. It's really good, though. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, like, th this Isaiah Rashad album is way better. Like, I thought it was going to be dope because I'm an Isaiah Rashad fan. But, yo, this is it. The house is burning. Yeah. Every day. Uh, and it's only been a few days. So I needed another week or two. That's what I had to do with Tyler. When it got to week two and I was still listening to this joint, I was like, all right, cool. Uh, it's in my conversation. But this Isaiah Rashad, like, from the garden, my goodness. He's coming to, he performs in Vegas in October and I already hit shake and I was like, we're going to the shit, right? <laughs> and if he performed, when, he's going to perform for the from the garden and that's just going to tear the place up. Yeah, but, I, my boys from Views, my boy Spence, who doesn't like anything, uh, he likes the album, but the only nice thing he said about it is, okay, well, it sounds like something that Schoolboy Q would have made, so I like it. <laughs> and that was his comment right and i would listen to it i was like listen he ain't wrong like this sound it reminds me of like oxymoron like it's so well put together and it's still very diverse um every song is like some songs really knock some songs still more melodic and, and there's he's taking isaiah rashad's taking chances on songs because you go through oxymoron like studio was on it but wasn't out of place no it wasn't like it, everything fits like you take chances and it works and it was like, yeah. But when he said that, I was like, yeah, because it's TDE. Because they do things where everything just fits perfectly in place, which is why they take three fucking years to put together one album for one artist. Like, you know, like, and they're not dropping an album every year for every person. They no. take their time. Everything is made with a purpose. And that's, man, just Ali is, is incredible at what he does. Everyone, you know, top dog making the decisions, whoever does the track listings, if they sit down all together, however it goes, like the sequencing is always spot on. Um, you know, Kendrick's sequencing has gotten crazy, right? Like his sequencing is like, if you listen to it backwards, it's the same as forward. Like they, they've gotten that shit down to the science. But I even like when they sequence albums like like this, like it doesn't have to have an overall theme or story or rhyme or read, like, but everything flows perfectly. The vibe flows perfectly like don't bring this shit around me and hit shuffle because nah, we fight it like never shuffle anything from tde around yeah the, so like this the reason why i say cole's hanging on a thread is because right now one of my other favorite albums is topaz jones don't go telling your mama if you haven't heard it you should go listen to it it's really dope um <laughs> benny the butcher's plugs i met too is really fucking good yeah uh but I, I still put cole in the third spot the problem is is we're getting ready to hit the second half of the year and Drake is already talking about coming for hairs with the certified lover boy album. I have a feeling because I don't know if the expectations are low with this Drake album, but I feel like he's going to exceed what people expect out of him 
because the album is called Certified Lover Boy. Yeah, that's that's what throws me off. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. But when he just released, what was it, like that EP of like a couple tracks that, you know, it's kind of like, in my opinion, like throwaway tracks or shit that doesn't make the album. And yeah. he just put out there like to test the water. I was like, oh, my God, all of this shit is so oh, fire. That Lemon Pepper freestyle? Oh, I was like, this didn't make the album? Oh, my God, whatever's on there is about to be crazy. Yeah, so that's right now. I mean, I like to hear what everybody else has their top three albums. Uh, I've been talking to a few of the homies and we've been discussing album of the years and what goes where, but it's, it's been a pretty good year for hip hop. It started a little slow. Cole came out and was like, all right. A lot of people were like, this is classic. I was like, it's not classic. Really good album. This Tyler album though, still my album of the year. That Tyler album is fucking great. But this oh, Isaiah Rashad, I just, it. I'm so enamored by the, the way this thing is put together. And if you haven't do yourself a favor, go read, Isaiah Rashad's profile in it's in Fader. Okay, it came out about a month ago. And the reason why his album took so long is because Isaiah had like substance abuse issues and he like disappeared. And I remember top, you know, they were always trying to get him help and he would just get really lazy and he'd disappear. It's a really good story, but for him to come out with this album after what he went through, yeah. But this, I don't know. Like I I, I was I listened to it and I expected it to be good. I was like, holy shit, this is a really good fucking album. Yeah, that Tyler album, to me, is probably still number one. This might grow on me, to tell you the truth. Like, this it's like on uh, Benny's album, Grow On Me, last year. That Benny. Yeah, so, like, this, the, Isaiah Rashad might grow on me. So, I don't know. I can't say that and, Tyler's going to hold number one all the way through. But it gives me hope that Donald Glover gives us another Childish Gambino rapping album. I hope so. And don't forget, as we're recording this next week, King's Disease 2 comes out. I don't have high hopes for that shit. Like Nas, Nas has never been a, a back-to-back one-two bong-bong guy. Like, you hey, give me Hit- one, I, I pay attention to Nas like four years later. If Hit Boy's behind it, then I'm curious because Hit Boy hasn't missed at all since coming back. Like, two years. Yeah. And then plus, the, the nerve of them to drop it the same day as Kanye? Hmm. You're not giving Kanye... Uh, the possibility of stealing no. a top three spot. No, 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 no. no. If it's anything from what I heard, like I'm, I'm just being frank here because I, I don't say somebody's music sucks because I think they're a shitty person. Shitty people can make good music. And, but what I heard when I watched the, the parts of the session from, you know, the Mercedes Benz stadium, it wasn't good. It kind of can't rap. So it's like, I just didn't hear anything good, but I have a feeling that whatever is supposed to come out next week is going to be completely different. And it probably still won't come out next week. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, allegedly dropping next week. Um, Before we hit the break and start talking pro wrestling, you give us your top three hip-hop. What's your top three R&B so far? Because, you know, you're an R&B-ass dude. Yeah, but see, I don't... If y'all know me, I don't really listen, like, straight R&B. It's always a bunch of, like, electronic and a bunch of other shit, like... I don't know. That's a good question. I like Snow Allegra's album is really good. I'm just going off the top right now because what I've listened to recently, Snow Allegra and Mariah the Scientist have really fucking dope albums. Um, I've heard a lot about Mariah the Scientist. Yeah, Mariah the Scientist album is dope. Jasmine Sullivan, I'm still listening to her album. That actually came out in like January or February. Hotels? Yes, man. I couldn't get over that. It's a really good album. But see, I'm outside of the box on like some hip hop. So, I mean, some R&B. So like I'm big on black coffee, which is when I look at my list of things that I've listened to this year, I've listened to this black coffee album like a billion times. Um, and that's one thing I like about Apple Music and their replay thing, because you can see what you've played the most this year. 
And that black coffee has been played to death. Uh, hers album, I thought, we, still think it's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What See, else is and I knew it because I, I have one here. I have a list um, that popped up on my Google, and I had it ready when I thought about this. And I was like, he's going to forget about it. And I saw you tweet about this. What was it? Don Richard's second line. Oh, John, number yo. two on this list behind Hotels of Jasmine Sullivan for R&B albums of the year so far. I haven't listened to it, but I saw you tweet it, and I was like, Don? Danny Kane, Don? Don, like, who would have thought? Last Train to Paris, Don. Like, that whole sound was basically engineered by Don. And it's funny because I'm like, my wife's got me watching this show on BET with like all these old R&B singers, and it's like, it's like seven, it's like Pam from Total. I, I can't remember what the shit is called. Um, the, the girls from Cherish, and I was like, and Aubrey from Danny Kane, who's had a ton of work done. Oh, and I was like, I mean, Dawn has had a lot of work done, but Dawn's Dawn's music, man, yo, Morning Street Lights off of this this ooh, Dawn's got an album, but I don't know if it's, it's on my list, right? Like, there's there's a lot of different things. There's a uh, group, uh, Children of Zeus, that dropped an album in June called Balance, really fucking good. It's, it'll take me a while to like whittle down my R&B, which is crazy because like with hip hop, it's really easy for me. It's like cut and dry. If there's something that's really dope, it's there. But R&B, it's there's a lot of stuff to filter through because what's R&B and what's not R&B? And it's like, is is Doja Cat an R&B singer? Is that an R&B album? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess R&B pop. I mean, yeah, that's it's tough. The lines blur. I'm actually go through and listen to these R&B albums now that I have this um, this list in front of me that I found on Google. Genesis Uwosu, Smiling with No Teeth, is third. I haven't heard that. Um, yeah, it's third on this list, first on another list that I'm looking at. So I got to check that out. Overgrown by Joyce Rice. Overgrown by Joyce Rice is a really dope album. fourth. Yes, that is, that is dope, yes. Givey, Givey on When It's All Said and Done. That is Which awesome. I know the single because like my wife plays it all the time. Yeah, so I gotta listen to the album. So I was like, all right. But Genesis Owosu. I was like, all right, let me check this out. It's a pretty good list. So I'm gonna get it in my RB bag. Um, right now we're gonna get into the break because we still have to talk about pro wrestling. Thanks for sticking through the beginning of the show. A little bit of everywhere on it, but you guys made it through right after the break. We're talking WWE main roster and the release of Bray Wyatt. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dre, I'm sure this is the topic everyone wanted to hear us talk about since it was announced randomly on Saturday that WWE has future endeavored Bray Wyatt. Um, reports say that he was training, looks in great shape, training for a return in August, but when he was ripe and ready to come back, they looked at it and they were like, you know what, it doesn't match, your salary is kind of high, it's a budget cut situation, and they let him walk. I'm not up in arms like everyone else is. 
And we'll talk about like him being released and what this means for their philosophy and everything. But I like Bray. I defended Bray on this show when you thought I was crazy for defending Bray and the Fiend. So I, I like him as character, everything else. But I'm not up in arms because if you're not on TV and they're making money without you, I'm not shocked when they say, yeah, you can walk. Whether that's Daniel Bryan, whether that's, you know, Bray Wyatt, whether that's whoever they cut. It's like, yeah, I, I think they figured out, like, this shit is plug and play because the product's going to suck anyway. Or Vince is going to do what he wants to do anyway. So why are we paying people $8 billion? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the first thing I got to say is I told you. I told yeah. you this shit wasn't going to work. <laughs> I, I was going to skip over that. You can't get past it. Look, the WWE wants to get a shiny new toy. The Vince runs it into the ground. And I told you one month at look, this is crazy because Bray Wyatt is being released one year after he was in the main event with Braun Strowman, who has also been released at SummerSlam for the Universal title. He was champion, Roman came right? Yeah, and Ro- no, Braun was. And Roman came back. Oh, I thought the but, Fiend won the belt from Braun. Maybe that's what I don't know, but I, I just know. know maybe. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I think you about that. <laughs> I don't it doesn't matter. The fact is is that that was your main event at last year's SummerSlam. You know what happened a year before that? The Fiend debuted against Finn Balor. 2 years he's gone. But I told you 1 month after the Fiend debuted, it was over. You remember the exact moment I told you it was over? Uh when he started going after Seth Rollins? Exactly. The moment he showed up, and I was like, oh, it's over. Because there's nowhere to go from here. Because he can't lose, and there's nowhere to go but down. And you argued me down that they would split the personalities, they do all these things, but they don't know how to do that. They did split the personalities, though. But it didn't work, because there was nowhere to go but down. Because they did that. You can't, dude, you did that shitty Hell in the Cell match. Like, The WWE is a company, and this is why I'm a little bit more up in arms about it than some people. Some people are like, oh, if you're not using release them. Okay, I get what you're saying. However, if there was a wrestler who was built for the mold of the WWE that values character over your in-ring work, it was Bray fucking Wyatt. There is nobody in recent history that has come close to so many dope iterations of a character that have been fundamentally ruined in the months after it debuts. It happens every single time to Bray Wyatt. I've never, think about this. How many other wrestlers do you know that have come up with different iterations themselves? I know some people say there's Jericho, but Jericho's always been successful. There has never been a time that Jericho has just been like completely stale or his gimmick was like, oh, this is whack now. There was CM Punk. Only Taker and Mankind jump out to and you can't even, like, you can't even really count Taker. Oh, I don't. Like, American Badass Taker was a real big jump. And that's because he thought he was getting stale in 2001. Well, that's because he thought he was getting stale. The difference here is the WWE, for whatever reason, takes whatever Bray does and they ruin it. It's not like Taker ruined the dead man, right? It's not like take American Badass was something new because Taker had been doing that for so many years. And he went to something else. And let's be real. American Badass was kind of whack, but whatever. It was it was something different. But Bray Wyatt came in and like with the Wyatt family, 
which had one of the a greatest entrances we had seen in recent memory. Yes. Like this dude never misses. And yeah. I, I don't know who to blame. You know, maybe it's, this could be a little bit of Vince. I don't know. But the moment we saw the, the Wyatt family debut on the roster, we're like, oh, they, they can't miss. Yep. And then they end up missing. Even though and then there's well, people. They had a great run. <laughs> they did. They did. They did great. have a great one. Don't get me wrong. They, they had a great run. But they, they this isn't a matter of them. Um, it's not like Bray didn't get his opportunities, but I think it, it wasn't him that was ruining his own opportunities. He was pushed so far up the ladder so quickly that there was nowhere to go but down. For instance, there's a lot of gaps that happen. Should Bray Wyatt have beaten The Undertaker? Yes. yes, in my opinion, if you ever if you wanted him to be the guy, he should have beat the Undertaker. Should have beat Cena. Should have beat Cena, right? Those are two things that was just like, well, what the fuck? The House of Horrors match, I can't defend that shit. It's fucking terrible, yeah. right? But he was champ. But he was champ for like a weekend. Like he had just won the title and then he dropped it like immediately. So it's hard to really figure out what they were doing that. But this iteration of the Fiend, like I went back and watched that entrance and oh. how people were applauding the entrance. Before the match even started, if there was ever a wrestler that fits the WWE's value of production and character over in-ring work, it is Bray Wyatt. And they, I, this is astounding to me, that they have, they fucked this up again. And it's like, you could say, all right, Bray can't really wrestle. Yeah, I know that. We all know that. Bray's not a great worker. He's competent. He's not a great worker. But these characters... Those promos, Firefly Funhouse. You don't have to be a great wrestler when you could do that, especially no. in a company that doesn't put great wrestling at a premium. Not at all. But that's that's what I'm saying. When Firefly Funhouse, you can't really do that shit anywhere else because the production value was fantastic for it. Yeah. Firefly Funhouse match with Cena. Can't really do that anywhere. Production was fantastic for it. The Fiend entrance. Can't really do that anywhere. Want to know why? Because you need a design team to come up with that kind of interest and that fucking mask and the lantern like that. There's so much production that goes into what Bray Wyatt does like this dude. Again, I don't know the percentage of whether it's him and how much it was WWE, but I'm going to put that it was a lot on Bray Wyatt because nobody else has had this kind of value outside of maybe the Undertaker. And every time it's like it's a stop and start thing every single time when he was teaming with Roman Reigns and the infamous pointing the gun and Roman Spears. him, what happened? They just blew that thing up. Like, even the Wyatt family, yes, the Wyatt family was great, but it, it always felt like they were, like, secondary to the Shield, which is fair, right? It's fair. The Shield was a Shield. But after that, you know, you broke them up. You sent Rowan and Harper to SmackDown, and then you did the whole Bludgeon Brothers thing. You kind of left Bray on his own, which is fine, but it just kept feeling like it was a stop and start thing. So now, after you ruin The Fiend, which is probably his greatest creation through all of this, the Firefly Funhouse, remember when we first saw those promos? And we were just like, yo, we've never seen anything like this. So incredible. How do you fuck this up? Financially, again, I honestly believe, because some people are like, no, that's not the case. Like, I think it comes down to dollars and cents. Yes, he brings in a lot of money. He brings in, he sells merch, right? Like the fucking belts were selling for $800. But at the same time, they hit their quarterly marks they went and exceeded their year over year without him. So what are we doing? When he is there, he is incredible. When he isn't, 
which if we go down the ladder of the past three years, how often, and I don't know, listen, mental health, everything. I'm not knocking someone for not being at the job. If you need time to heal, big ups to Bray. Uh, it's not a knock on him. I'm just stating the facts. How often was Bray Wyatt not around? Whether it's they don't have creative for him, whether he's asking to take time off, whether, you know, great circumstances, like having a child, being on paternity leave, like he's had two children in the past three years. Congrats to him. There's nothing wrong with these things. I'm just saying, how often was he not around? That Fiend character debuted after he was gone for seven months, six months. Yeah. He came back and he did a lot of, even in the midst of it, the Alexa stuff, a lot of, when he lost the championship, he did two promos, disappeared for three months, and then came back and started like the Alexa Bliss type angle. He's been here, here today, gone tomorrow, like, okay, paternity leave, back, He's done that three or four times in the past two years, three years. And they're like, we make money regardless. It just the question becomes, whose fault is this? I think it's a change of philosophy. Of we're going to ride with the people you hear day in, day out. We don't care about the, the veterans that the indie hardcores love. We don't care about the the people who've earned the spot necessarily. No, why? We're just going to pay Goldberg that money, come back, and the crowd will pop the same. The venues will be filled. The, yeah, the hardcores will hate it. But the money's cutting the same, if not more. Yeah, we're losing Daniel Bryan, but we just had him at WrestleMania. Did he add anything monetarily? No, but you lost one of the top five wrestlers of the past 20 years. Top three wrestlers in the past 20 years. Yeah, but what does he do? What does he do monetarily? Because we're paying him a shitload. Oh, wait. So when he's gone and when he's here, we make the same. Oh, but how often is he gone? Okay, paternity leave. Then he's here. Then he's there. Like, so not to say they let him walk, but it's one of those things where it's like, does the check cut the same? Oh, we're still exceeding everything. Wait, we still got a billion dollar deal from Peacock, regardless of who we put out there as champion. Oh, yeah, fuck it. If someone wants to walk, let him walk. If the, the dollars and cents don't match up, yeah, this guy is incredibly creative. One of the best minds we've had in this company ever. But do the dollars make the same? Okay, well, then, yeah, you can let him go. There's, it's always been about Vince. I, I think for the first time, and this is something you warned me about, and I think we're seeing it in real time. And it's without Vince passing or Vince getting sick or handing down um, control to someone else. When I said, oh, when, when there's this time to go, Triple H is going to take the reins, right? And you said, what do you think is going to change? I said, oh, it's going to get so much better. It's going to be this. It's going to be like NXT. This is me saying that you're right. And we're seeing it in real time before anything like that has to change. It's that there's another chef in the kitchen now. And the, they brought him in. Nick Khan has been brought in to look at this shit, not like a wrestling company, to look at this from a stance of plus and minuses in terms of financials. And regardless if Vince is there, Triple H is there, whoever is there, does it make sense? And there's another chef in the kitchen that can decide this guy doesn't make sense. Regardless of past his talent, anything, yeah, the dollars don't make sense. And he's gone. Now you guys figure it out. So you're right. 
And there, there is a complicated matter in this also. And it is um, the Yankees are always going to be a powerhouse in baseball, right? Correct. Always. They're always going to be a top merchandise driver. You're never going to see a, a day where Yankee fittings aren't a thing, right? However, after a while, if your ass ain't winning, people are going to start asking questions. Yeah. Because <laughs> the perfect example is the New York Knickerbockers. The New York Knicks were the heart and soul of New York. For the past decade and a half, it's been straight anarchy. You have your hardcore Knicks fans, like Spike Lee, ride or die. Yeah. They're going to always show up at the Garden. Always. But then you have people who's like, yeah, I might be a Nets fan now. Right? That's fair, but the, the Knicks won one championship ever. Like, it's easy to jump ship. It's a little, like, to me, it's more Cowboys-esque. Like, there's some Houston Texans fans. But, no, there's no one's. Uh, but here, here's my point. Like Texans. Here's my point. Those are institutions. The Yankees, the Cowboys, um, the Knicks to a degree. They're the an institution. WWE is an institution. Exactly. Higher than the Knicks. <laughs> exactly. The problem is, is that when you get satisfied, you go, oh, man, we're still making all this money. And you stop paying attention to what people want. And I'm not saying this is, this is just Bray Wyatt, but this is in general. And AEW, for instance, starts creeping up on you. Now you get event. You can't be that arrogant, right? You just can't. Because when it had the last time this shit happened, a little company called WCW damn near ran you out of the building. Damn near. Didn't do it, but gave you hell. Because you were so arrogant in your approach to things. You're like, I oh, fuck, we don't need Hogan. Ah, fuck it, we don't need Nash. Ah, we're not going to play Scott Hall. We're going to continue with these cartoon characters. And WCW came and damn near knocked the Apple card over and fucked your business up. Yeah. It's happening again. And Vince, I believe, is too arrogant to understand. Because two things happen. One, and this is where Bray Wyatt comes in. One, they saw AEW coming. And Vince and company, their idea was, let's stomp them out before they get started. And what did they do? They hoarded talent. They signed fucking everybody. But I, what we talked about a few years ago on the show was like, eventually, you're going to have to let some of those people go. Because there's no way in hell you can pay these people all this money and there's nowhere for them to work. Yep. Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman became a casualty of that. Bray Wyatt especially, because you got all this talent. They gets all what five, three, five. If you count two or five live, which nobody does except for you, six yes, uh, NXT. That's what, eight hours of, of programming, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got NXT UK. Like you sign all this talent to do this, and then eventually somebody goes. Nick Khan opens the book and is like, "Why are we paying this guy one point three million dollars? He ain't been on TV in four months." And I'm I don't know how much Bray Wyatt was getting paid. I'm just assuming. Braun Strowman, why are we paying this guy all this money? And we do we do we need him? Do we need like I keep saying Mojo Raleigh was getting paid like a half million dollars to do nothing. Yep. You have to eventually clean up the books. The problem is, though, is that you signed all this talent that could be better used elsewhere and elsewhere is going to start using them. Braun Strowman. Perfect. Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, though. I don't know. We ain't seen fucking Ryback since. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, Braun might fall into that category. That's what I'm saying. I mean, not. Yeah, Braun will. Bray won't. Like, Bray, I think he's perfectly built for an impact run. Will it be as grandiose? No, the budget ain't the same. But the storytelling, again, what he was doing in NXT without a budget was phenomenal. He asked for a rocking chair. 
That's it. There was no budget. It was a rocking chair and created one of the most captivating characters we've seen the past decade of a rocking chair and, and a thrift store lantern before there was fancy faces and heads on the lantern before there was fireflies imposed into the crowds. There were people holding their phones up to make that aesthetic because he attached himself with a rocking chair and nothing else. He doesn't need a huge budget. Uh, I beg to differ. Here's why. You're undervaluing the, the, the gravity of the WWE's production. Yes, you said it's a rocking chair, but it's also a song. That entrance music, you ain't getting that shit at AEW. That was perfect. <laughs> but no, the, the people who made The Fiend one said, oh, I got you, my guy. But yeah, it's so, not the same. Production value means everything. Now, there's the other aspect of this, which is, Bray Wyatt is WWE made, right? Whereas you take somebody like a Ricochet. I'll, so was Cody. Ah, here's what I'm saying. Hold on. You take somebody like, because Cody, the lineage, like, yes, you have the Rotunda lineage. Nobody, but, but nobody gives a fuck about the Rotunda lineage like the Rose lineage. Let's no, be clear. There's levels to this. Yes. But you take somebody like Ricochet, right? You sign him from the Indies. He goes through NXT. They, it doesn't really work out on the main roster. You throw him back in the Indies. He's fine. Wherever he lands, he's good. Bray Wyatt, the problem with him is what happens between the bells doesn't work in these other companies. What happens in between the bells when the bell rings and the, and the, the pin, final pinfall happens, you can't really do that shit. I mean, I'm not saying AEW wouldn't sign him, but he's not having great matches at AEW. And yes, they have money, but let's be honest. The production value is not even close to on par with Vince does. No, and it's getting crowded. They can't sign every WWE. No, they can't. They, I mean, they have they another can. show. They have another show, whatever. But the point is, is that AEW's value is what happens between the bells. WWE's value is what happens before the bell rings and after the bell ends. Yep. That's where their value is. And Bray Wyatt fit that perfectly. Bray Wyatt made you want to watch the match. The match may suck. But you wanted to see what was going to happen, even if I thought it was stupid, when Bray was hunting down Seth Rollins. We wanted to see that Hell in a Cell match. The match yeah. fucking sucked. We wanted to see it. It's like playing WWE video games just to watch the entrances. The game may suck, but those entrances get all the views on YouTube. And that's what Bray Wyatt is. Now you throw him out into the wild. Not saying he can't land on his feet. I'm not saying that. There could be ways that he can reinvent himself, improve himself. Maybe they do throw some more money into production. But now you're looking at like he could go back. Like yeah, he could yeah. put Zelina Vega and take less. Yeah, yeah, doubt it. It's a different different levels of this shit. Yeah, Zelina but Vega, you, you you field what the offers are, and if there's an offer, not even comparable to what you were doing, like fifty percent less than what you were making, probably overpaid. I'm not gonna say anyone's overpaid, but whatever he was making in WWE, if it's fifty percent, maybe he goes back to WWE and be like, "Yo, just give me sixty of what I was making." But but but, make this but, shit work. but you're assuming WWE wants him back. That's also true. There's there's many sides to this. The, you know, it's like WWE is also very crowded. There's a lot of people not getting on TV. And the fact that they haven't really missed Bray Wyatt speaks in volumes yeah. of where they're at right now. They didn't even miss him. Thankfully, they're less crowded now. I feel like finally it's starting to settle. I don't know, man. Like, Who's you catering? Everybody. Look at the 24-7 situation. <laughs> like Those guys keep running out there. What's Drew Gulak yeah, doing? That's, that's, that's down to six people. I mean, is it? It is. Like, we can start like naming Luch, all people that um, aren't being Luch seen. house party. 
They and they, didn't they really Kalisto all of them? Kalisto's gone, right? But the tag team is still there. Lince and uh and uh what's his face who does the ropes? Gramatelik. Yeah, Gramatelik. I think they're still there. I mean, dude, we just here, here's why I say it's still crowded. The fact that we got a banger of a match between Ricochet and Cedric Alexander on main event means that the company's still crowded. Also means that they're booking terribly because you can't tell me in three hours of Raw you couldn't find a place for that damn match. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But what I'm saying is with Bray Wyatt, yes, he goes out into the field and he gets an offer, right? And let's just say he goes, let's just say he goes to Impact. Now, if I'm a, a diehard, hardcore, I don't give a fuck about no company but WWE, and if the talent leaves, fuck them too, and Bray Wyatt shows up in front of 30 people on Impact, they're going to laugh at him. Yeah. And if you're the WWE, and if he's not setting the world on fire, like if, he's go, if he goes to Impact, and he's not like setting the world on fire with his talent. You think WWE is gonna go? Wait, yeah, we need him back. No, no, you, wherever he goes, he has to be a big deal. Yeah, he's got to be a big deal. You you have to carry on the same momentum or elevate yourself. But he's been able to, he's been able to hide behind this character, and now you have these promotions like the GCWs, the AEWs, the Impacts. Yeah, he's think not of, that guy. He's not. He's not that. He's guy. Not so that. I don't. I, mean, I don't know where he's he an goes. impact guy. Like he's. Again, I'm not saying he goes to Impact as five-star, four-star matches. I'm saying if you can go to Impact, use character development and do what Matt Hardy did. Maybe not even to that level. But you could do what Matt and Jeff did in Impact in terms of character work, where you had the um, Broken Universe, you had Willow, you had... I remember all that shit for the character work. I don't remember any of that for the in-ring wrestling. But here's, here's the thing, again... When you bring up Matt Hardy, you want to know why that Matt Hardy thing worked? It was great. But you want to know why it worked more than anything else? Nobody fucking expected it. Yeah. Everybody was like, yeah, it was like Matt Hardy came. It's like, oh, broken Matt Hardy. Like, what the fuck is this? And then it was like, the everything was brand new and it blindsided everybody. There's something about when somebody does something completely out of character and it works, that is endearing. Well, what, what could Bray, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, the only thing he could blow us away with is having a five-star match. Yeah. And this motherfucker went to Impact and then wrestled Kenny Omega and we got a five-star match. People are like, oh, shit. And Vince McMahon would want him back then. I, the re, Braun Strowman has nowhere to go because he's a WWE guy. He yeah. looks so strange somewhere else. And his work rate is not that great. Bray Wyatt might fall in that same position. And this is why I think it's a, it's a true failure of WWE. It's like, to circle back what I was saying is that WWE is not really looking over their shoulder yet. They're saying we're making this money, but th- those AEW ratings are really creeping up on you. Yeah. Really creeping up on you. The fact that they blew the doors off of that Chicago show with 10,000 pre-sales, and they're, you know, WWE's like, has that call, and Vince is like, ah, I'm not worried about him. Okay. Nor should he be yet. Like, granted, that 10,000 pre-sales is amazing, but they do that every fucking pay-per-view, and it's not taking away. When it takes away from their money, they will worry. AEW just getting money isn't a worry. No, no, no. It's not about getting money. It's being it's aware of the away. It's of being no, no, no. It's being aware of the competition and it's being aware that yeah, you could release a Bray Wyatt because it's not necessarily hurting your bottom line, but your numbers are going. Your ratings are going down. They and are. So, and Peacock is eventually going to say, "Hey, man, what the fuck are you guys doing?" <laughs> Somebody, the investors. You're yeah. a public shared, publicly shared company, like. It's like it's like gas prices, right? Gas prices are something that are determined 
Like gas is is already here, right? Is the, gas doesn't they don't raise gas prices because it's short of, of gas yesterday. They think about this like three and four years out, and when they look at WWE's like, yeah, we're making yeah, you're making the same money you were from four years ago. Before, mm-hmm. but when this all catches up to you, when these books catch up to you, and you look at your books, you go, oh my god, we paid all these people all this money. That's why they're cutting at a rapid pace. They have to, <laughs> yeah. and people it, like it'll hit them in three years, in two years. Like what yeah, the fuck. It, it, if you're doing all this and you're misusing talents, like, yeah, it's like, I mean, as shrewd as UFC is, and I can't wait to talk to those motherfuckers at the next show, but as shrewd as they are, they understand their bottom line and they're like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense for us to pay these guys this much money. It doesn't make sense yeah. to pay somebody this much money. And they looked in WWE, looked at Bray Wyatt and they said it doesn't make sense. But the problem is, is that it did make sense. You just fucked it up. Yeah. You fucked it up by overpaying him last time. Like if you would have gave him a, a fair contract. But you overpaid everyone to stay because you were scared they were going to leave. But now you got to cut them and they have to leave. Right. Like the Good Brothers were a classic example. It was like, yo, you know what? Them just being AJ Style lackeys isn't what they should be. No, and they're too Let good them for go. that. No, but they offered them another contract and paid them out of this world. For what? It's and, like, and, it's, just let them leave. What? Why? Because you end up cutting them. They left anyway. And somebody, there was somebody in my time. I don't know if they were listening to the show or not, because they were because somebody asked, "Why would you go to the WWE if this is the issue?" And I was like, "Because that bag is fucking tremendous." Oh, and I was like, and then oh. somebody somebody responded, it "Was like, but then they take the bag with them when they go." No, they don't. If I work at a company and I make a million dollars a year, and I work for one year in that company for a million dollars, I can go work for another company for eighty thousand dollars because I have a million dollars in my bank account. Yep. They, they, they don't take the bag. The bag is already there. The Good Brothers could do Impact and everything else they're doing because the money that they made at WWE for those two, three years, they got a savings account. They're good. Yeah. And it heightens your price when you go elsewhere. Now, is it going to be WWE money? No. But if you do four shows at a heightened price, like say you were making, I don't know, 80000 before you left on the indies or in smaller companies, 100000 they were bigger than 80,000, but they're making like a hundred thousand. Now they went back. They're making two. They're on two different shows. You're making 200,000, 300,000. So it bumped your, your rate that you were at before up a hundred percent. Plus you stack money for three or four years. You straight. Yeah. It's, it's the, you, you hit the bingo and you know, it's the bingo. So I mean, now you go back and do your thing. Yeah, it's these guys. Bray Wyatt's got enough money where, that's why I asked. I was like, "Does Bray Wyatt even want to wrestle anymore?" It's a good question. You he know, could, like Bray he could direct, right? He, he could do anything. Like Bray Wyatt could just go home, right? There's plenty. Of, like Mojo Rawley. You think Mojo Rawley's like running out to wrestle in Ring of Honor? Because the difference between some guys like Matt Cardona or Aiden English, who just showed up in Impact, or you know, a lot of these other guys is even though they make a lot of money, they like wrestling. Like, they wouldn't know what to do if they sat at home. Like, remember, when WCW got bought by WWE, guys like Kevin Nash were like, I don't need to do this shit. I'm going to sit at home and collect this money, right? Other guys go, well, I don't want to, like, when this contract does run out, I still want to have, you know, visibility. So when I ask for money, I can get more money. But when you're somebody like Bray Wyatt, who I'm sure, or Braun Strowman, sure got a ton of money. And if I don't necessarily feel like wrestling, I don't have to. There's no need for Bray Wyatt to run anywhere and sign a big contract right now if his heart's not in pro wrestling. Like, what it goes back to the CM Punk conversation. 
everybody wants to see CM Punk wrestle. He's been gone for a long time. But what if CM Punk doesn't want to fucking wrestle? Like, like, what if it's just that? People don't ever think about that. Like when they say <laughs> Kendrick Lamar hasn't dropped out. Somebody said this on the timeline. This is what it's all these years. And, you know, somebody on my timeline was like, well, Kendrick Lamar had a baby. And you guys don't take into consideration what happens when an artist drops an album. When an artist drops an album, now I got a tour. Now I got a promo. Now I got to travel. I'm away. I'm not doing the things. But if Kendrick Lamar is living frugal and he's staying at home and he's got a kid and he wants to spend time with his kid, he can do that. Yeah. Fuck y'all. Who gives a shit what y'all want? Because when I do come back, you'll be ready. So in the case of Bray Wyatt, he could sit at home with JoJo, have another two or three kids on his farm, feeding him barley or whatever the fuck it is that he's doing. But it, there's no rush unless he really wants to wrestle, unless he was released by this company and was like, I still got a lot to give. What if he doesn't have anything else to give? He's got a bank account, though. He's good. So I don't know. Like, I don't think people are like, who lost? I'm like, Bray Wyatt didn't really lose. I don't think you want to be on the road. Think about that shit. The last year, last 12, 17 months, talent has gotten to stay at home six days out of the week or five if there's a pay-per-view. Stay home. No house shows. No traveling for interviews. They go to the Thunderdome. Same place every week. Work, go home. Now you're saying, hey, Bray, we need you back on the road five days out of the week. For the same money? Nah, man. But what are we doing with me? Because I don't want to. I don't want to come to work and just show up in catering. Well, we don't really have anything for you. Why not? Oh, well, maybe you'll come back in August. What am I supposed to do until then? <laughs> work out. Collect you know. Yeah. So it's like, all right. Well, is it guaranteed I'm coming in back in August? Uh, we don't know. Yeah. What am I doing? I don't know. At a certain point, there becomes a conflict, and then the company goes, "You know, you're too much of a headache. We're going to cut you." And Bray Wyatt goes, "Cool," because I don't want to be on the road either. You got time to figure it out. Goes both ways. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. We'll see what Bray's next move is. Let's recap real quick, Ron. SmackDown from last week. Just talk about the overall tones of what's going on in the WWE. We have Reginald, 24-7 champion. Are you in? I, I find it funny, but I'm not watching. Um, This is built for YouTube. Like, this is going to get like 3 million views on YouTube. I mean, look, man, this is another case of Vince finding something that he likes. And like he liked it. You knew he liked it when he split him from Carmella after like two weeks. <laughs> like you knew it. Like Vince was like, I like this little black guy that does flippy shit. Let's make him funny. And then he put him with Nia Jax and, you know, had him in the middle of the whole like uh, Bianca Belair. And like yep. Reginald Vince thinks of black people. Oh, okay. I didn't, I wasn't going to go there, but sure. Um, it's cool. He thinks they're, they're entertaining. He thinks they're funny. Yeah, but that, what he's done with Reginald, like, there's only so far you can go with a guy who has no ring gear. Like, he wrestles in suits. There's only so far that character can go. That man is sharp. But yeah, sharp. yeah like, there's only, but there's only so much you can do. You can I never agree. take him seriously. Yep, I agree. Um, Morrison beat Riddle, but that's not the major thing there. Like, whatever, people win and lose willy-nilly. They don't matter in the WWE. Um what happened is Styles and almost attack Riddle at the end. They break his scooter, oh, leaning towards a return for Randy Orton, I'm guessing, where we have Orton and Riddle finally challenging for the tag team titles, and they should win it at SummerSlam. So I like where this is going because almost and Styles, it, it, it's run its course. It's all good. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's done now. It's that 
thing has completely run its course and Styles needs to be back doing the single shit. Agreed. The almost thing was again, another thing that Vince saw was like, I really like this giant black guy. Let's make it fun. And yeah. now it's like, well, what's left? Nothing. There's nothing no. left for this. He noticed him. It's a wrap for almost. Yeah, he it's it's done, it's done deal. There's um, nothing after this for him, by the way. No, there's nothing left for him. There's nothing nothing left for uh um what's the new ascension? Uh Dijakovic and, and oh Mason T Bar. I can't call them that because they're not doing anything. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just nothing but the ascension. Like it's over for them. Mansoor and Mustafa Ali are in a nice little angle though, where they're like, you know, Mustafa is trying to tell him to be kind of like a heel, but he's turning yeah, Mustafa back to yeah. face. They're going to be a tag team. All right. We'll see. And then the other guy who's over for is um, Colonel Aziz. Oh, it's over for Colonel Aziz. Oh, we'll get there over. during SmackDown. We'll get there. Um, we'll get there. But, but you're is right. It over for Keith Lee. Yes, that was going to be my next thing. It's over. I, but I told y'all no, this it's shit. it's not over for Keith Lee. You're it's, way too premature on Keith. Okay. You correct me when I'm wrong. You, you come back to me and tell me that Unless I'm wrong. Unless he's released, which is very possible. <laughs> Unless he's released. Look, look. Here's, uh, here's why. That's a great sign. But. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my why. And I want you guys to listen to this. Keith Lee is incredibly talented. We know this. Keith Lee came out on like a ball of fire, beat Randy, beat Randy Orton. And I was like, that's a problem. Because there's nowhere to go. Keith Lee, since then, lost to Drew Mack, lost to Bobby Lashley, and in the past two weeks has gotten, like, he lost to Bobby Lashley, and then he got tapped by Cross. I want to be very clear about something. When you have a baby face, submit, not pass out, submit to a guy who just lost to Jeff Hardy a week ago, it's not a good sign. It's not. Furthermore, it's not a great sign. Furthermore, this is why I say it's the beginning of the end of Keith Lee. Something was going on that kept Keith Lee away from this company for almost seven or eight months. And it's like he's being punished for it right now. Agreed. That, that's the scary part. Yeah, like it, it might be. Again, they saw life without you and there wasn't a dent. It, so it's, it's tough. That, that'll be rough. Maybe he's a guy where trips would be like, yo, send him back to me. But if not, it's it could be over. I'll give you that. Hopefully it's not, though. I'll say I, that. I just I hate it. Here's the other issue with that match. Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross on Raw, revisiting a feud from a year ago. Yep. At NXT. Did they even fucking reference no the No acknowledgement. No. This no. is why I'm saying that it might be over for Keith Lee. Well, I'm just not sure Vince watches it, so he can't get even if he and tell even if he doesn't it. watch it. The point is that Keith Lee was a, a two. He won both titles in NXT. He was a big fucking deal, and he comes in WWE hot, and then they cool him off almost immediately. And having him sub, getting submitted by Cross, submitted. You know how many times Keith Lee got submitted in NXT? Zero. None. None. How many times None. did Cross get pinned? None. Exactly. This is this is my Jeff point. Hardy immediately. This is my point. There's Vince doesn't give a fuck about these guys. Like no. he, Cross, he, he wants to start as a blank slate every time. Yeah, but and if they're hot, he will cool them down to get to the blank slate. So so here here's my comparison with Keith Lee, and then we can move on from him. My Keith Lee comparison is to Big E. Big E came in, if anybody remembers, out of came in from NXT, came in on Raw, and beat the shit out of John Cena. And then what? Nothing. Then he had to be with Ziggler for a while. And then 
Yeah, had nothing for him. It they wasn't over. But it, but see, but the it's, you're digging yourself out of a hole, right? And the difference was is you had Kofi and Woods and the dude, right time, right place. Oh, three, four years later, too. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like it, it, and it wasn't as crowded where they're so comfortable releasing talent. Yeah, they allowed E and Woods to hang around. Now they wouldn't be here. Yep. But they they had an opportunity to rebuild themselves. I don't think the WWE has like patience for a lot of these guys. Anymore. I don't know the saving grace. And I'll say this, it could be over, but hopefully it's not. Saving grace with Keith Lee is he's not a guy who makes multi-millions yet. Like, he's not a guy who's hurting your books. If they want to give him time, they can. They just got to find something to do with him. Dog, we haven't seen Mia Yim on TV in this thin-ass women's. What the fuck are they doing? No clue. And then we have, uh, I don't know, Natalia and Tamina are on my TV against Dewdrop and Eva Marie. I'm not paying attention to that. Drew Mack defeats one of Jinder's lackeys. Jinder beats him up. Um, Drew Mack hits the lawyer with the claimer. I mean, this Drew Drew Mack has to do something. Cool. Can't be in a title picture forever. And then um, Viking Raiders gets pinned. It's a wrap for them. Uh, Damian Priest versus Sheamus. Beat Sheamus by pinfall. I hate when the WWE does this. So when he does it again in three weeks at SummerSlam, does he even feel special? No, WWE's got cut. This is the, this is, oh God, this gives me a headache. Why do you pin your champions for no reason? title fights? Like, that's not going to make me think any better, like, of the champion or the guy chasing them. I know he can beat them now. Yeah, like, but why, why are we doing this? Why, why can't you just save it for SummerSlam? They did it again. Charlotte Flair pins, his, pins, pins, his. Charlotte Flair pins Nikki A.S.H. <laughs> non-title match. Now it's a triple threat for the title at SummerSlam. Um, uh, Nikki's coming up off of this belt. You think she's coming off at SummerSlam? I think so. By by you, hook or right crook. You might be. I, I might. Um, she might. I think she might escape at SummerSlam. Maybe. I I think Charlotte wins it back. Maybe she doesn't pin Nikki. Maybe she pins you know Rhea again. Something like that. It's you know there's weird shenanigans with a triple threat, or Nikki's pinning Rhea. Rhea's getting pinned. I'll tell you that much. Um, but I think Becky comes back, and for Becky, neither of those two are legit matchup you kind of have to have the heel standing on top bianca's not a heel bianca's going into her own program i think charlotte is the way to go charlotte wins becky comes out to confront charlotte yeah i mean dude all this is probably right but i I feel like the clock is already ticking on nikki's title run yeah me too but i think the gimmick is strong enough to keep her around out of catering maybe um then we have lashley be both members of the hurt business um, what the fuck? Just give me the hurt business back. You know what? If he's going to do this, I'm fine with this. But then have him pull Roman Reigns and say, now I own you motherfuckers again. Like, no, we getting the crew back together. Y'all going to do what I say. Yo, I have, I have no response right? to this. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, look. Poor man. Cedric Alexander. Raw is such a bad show. It's just, it's so bad. I can't. I watch it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this shit. It's bad. It's worse because SmackDown is actually a good show. Yeah. All right, let's move on. (laughs) I can't talk about this shit anymore. SmackDown, we have Jimmy Uso defeating Dominic Mysterio. Obviously going to get a rematch um, at SummerSlam for the tag titles. The Usos still aren't losing the tag title. They better not. That doesn't matter. Uh, No, Mysterio and Dominic, like that was a cool little thing. They're not winning the belts back. 
Tony Storm comes out, pins Zelina Vega. I don't know what the fuck is Zelina Vega resigned for. She's just going to lose every week. Wait, so wait. Okay. Let me get this straight because I'm fast forwarding a little bit and then we'll go back. Zelina Vega loses to Tony Storm. And Zelina Vega is in the main event against Bianca and Sasha with Carmella. What the fuck is going on? I, listen, man, if it if you know, you tell me. But whatever. Zelina just talks herself into these situations. So I was like, okay, she just came out and was like, I deserve a title shot. It's like, you just lost. But whatever. Edge and Seth Rollins brawl after um, some good, like, talking. Like, all right. Like, they, they've been brawling every week. I, I like this feud. I like this on feud goes. Yeah, I don't mind it. Right? Like, it's, it's cool. Um, we have a tag match. Big E, Cesaro, Knock versus Apollo Crews, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. One, they're just giving Big E shit to do. Two, they have nothing for him, it seems like. At least they have him on TV. Cool. Yeah. With the briefcase, you just got to be around. Cesaro, Cesaro, he looked good in a match. Knock hits Apollo with the Kinshasa and pins him clean as a sheet. It's over. <laughs> another, champ- another champion. Another champion pin. It's over for him, though. Knocks, knock with Booge. They like that. He got the crown. Now he's King Nakamura. It's he's winning the IC title. And again, this goes to my point where people say they wasted knock. No, they're paying knock very well. He's on TV all the time. And he's had the belt, a belt for like 80% of his WWE run. Mm. He's just never had the main belt. He's had a title, 80% of his main roster run. Plus he was Royal Rumble winner. I, I just have a hard time with, with Nock because Nock is so talented that some of the people they put on TV and not Nock, you're like, what are we doing? And now it's like they found something again. It's kind of like the Oscar effect, right? It's like when you give them something to do and you don't really think about it and then they excel at it, then you're reminded like, oh, he's really fucking good. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nock, Nock, he was like, they gave him some time. Boom, he's right back up there. Yo, we didn't talk about Baron Corbin yet. Oh, yeah, I got it. Corbin opening the show. <laughs> Oh what one the John Cena promo to open the show was great. Yeah, it was. Cena comes out, he flips the missionary line. I mean, the guy's a genius on the mic. Then I'm like, oh, the okay, cool, that's over. No. Then Baron Corbin comes out with the same shirt for three weeks in a row. <laughs> Broke Baron Corbin is a baby face that none of us knew we needed. None of us. <laughs> But he's the baby face we all want now. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> incredible. Fantastic. Asking Cena for Buddy. And they say, listen, I'll earn it. Put me in the movie. Setting up the plug for the Cena movie that comes out this week. He's like, put me in Fast and Furious. Put me in Fast 9. It was like, oh, Fast 9 is already out. Like, oh, my God. This shit's so hilarious. Corbin uh, growing the hair out. So he got the George Jefferson, Tony Kornheiser going. Everything about him is so great. And then we see it come back up later in the show. Uh, Reginald, by the way, beats Chad Gable. Both show Reginald, SmackDown and Raw right now, beats Chad Gable. Make it make sense. Rey Mysterio beats Jimmy Uso. We know where this is going. Um, And then, of course, we have Sasha, Bianca, tagging against Carmella and Zelina Vega because Sasha saves Bianca early in the day when they were trying to gang up on Bianca. 
All right. Before we get to this, I do. We didn't mention the signing, the contract signing. I'm, I was saving that for. Oh, you said you're saving it. Okay, yeah. Good. To me, that was like my highlight okay. of SmackDown, okay. even though the women main event. Okay. So. While it was good to see Sasha back, I have I have a gripe with this. And the gripe is when she came back, it was really weird. She came, it was like 45 minutes in the show and Sasha kind of pops up. In a sprint. To, yeah, to sprint to save Bianca. And I was like, and as soon as she came out, I'm like, all right, countdown for when she hits Bianca with the backstabber. Right? Like, I was like, we know it's coming. <laughs> like, we, because. Kind of. We thought. We thought we do. But. We knew we knew it was coming because here's here's why. If anybody watching the show and you saw this, I'm looking inside the ring and I see Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, Zelina Vega and fucking Carmella. Two of these people should not be in the ring right now. It's Zelina Vega and Carmella. They will never get another shot at the title. As soon as I saw Sasha come out, I was like, Bianca, you idiot. Like, how stupid <laughs> are you? There's only one threat to your belt in that ring. Yeah, and she's right there. Yes, you guys were on the ESPYs, which is what this was my gripe. I, I get it. We got to get to this match. It's cool. But they could have played it up for a week where they were like, girl, you know, we did the ESPYs. We had this moment. Da, da, da. They don't even have to tag team. Just an interaction of her. Sasha saying, yeah, I'm going to take some more time off. I'm proud of you, whatever. But the, the moment that they tagged, I was like, oh, she's turning on her now. Like they could have let this one go just a little bit longer because we just saw him at the ESPYs. We just saw him at the ESPYs. I don't like Bianca looking like an idiot. Yeah, but Sasha was gone for so long. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, they could have still brought her back. This is just me fantasy booking. It's not the worst thing in the world. But they could have still brought her back and had, like, a conversation. And Sasha was like, oh, I'm getting ready to film The Mandalorian, so maybe I'll see you at Survivor Series. And then put it in the back of your mind that maybe Sasha might be gone for a hot second. And then she just attacks her. Rather than doing a tag team against... Like, Bianca could beat Carmella and Zelina Vega by herself. She didn't need Sasha's help. True. It was very, it was very telegraphed. But it's fine. If that's the match we're getting at SummerSlam and Bianca's going over again, I'm cool with it. Ooh. All right. So, <laughs> Sasha comes back. They tag. The tag match itself wasn't bad at all. Um, Carmella's gotten better. She has. Carmella's not a bad wrestler. No, she's not a bad wrestler. Like, she's she's more than competent as a wrestler now. Like, and the character work is still money all the time. And then Zelina's not bad. So it was, it was a cool match. I liked when Bianca, like, uh, pressed Sasha over her head and used her as a weapon to crossbody the other two. Like, it, it was cool. So they win. Sasha hugs Bianca. And as you alluded to, backstab her. Gets up, holds the belt in the air, goes back, does a cool tornado DDT, and then bank tape. To finish off, has Bianca tapping. <sighs> Such a great visual because we all know the best Sasha Banks is heel Sasha Banks. Absolutely, 100%. So Undoubtedly. I like this. And I'm not convinced Bianca wins at SummerSlam. I th- it'd be, I, to me, it's a terrible idea if Bianca loses. Bianca's red hot right now. But yeah, I, not, I not even that. Sasha's a made woman. Sasha's in that spot where she could lose. She'll be fine. She'll be totally fine. Bianca loses. It's kind of, it's the Rhea Ripley thing, right? Like Bianca's super over. She's white hot. There's no reason to take this title off her right now. None. As much as I love Sasha Banks, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Sasha doesn't need it. But I wouldn't be surprised. And then 
what I said for last, Cena, contract signing, one, it's Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor contract signing. <laughs> How Finn just debuted, wins two matches, and gets a title shot, I'll never know. So we knew the, the shenanigans were coming. But Finn comes out, still super over. Yeah. Comes out, sits down. We're like, oh, this is kind of going through. Roman's playing it well. Heyman's there. Everything's dope. Expecting Cena to come out. Nope. Who do we get? Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time where I was like, fuck, why is Baron Corbin on my TV? That is no longer the case. No, this I don't funny. care if Baron Corbin's in four segments on a two-hour SmackDown show. This shit is money right now. So Baron Corbin comes out, of course, finds, thinks this is a way for him to turn his luck around. Uh, explains, I don't know if he explained earlier or during this, that his wife has now left him because he is impotent. <laughs> She's taken the kids. The lack of money and everything is now affecting his libido. He has to get it back. His, the title's his way to get it back. Beats the hell out of Finn. Teases signing the contract and facing Roman Reigns. At this point, John Cena then comes out, throws Corbin out of the ring. His bad luck continues takes the contract. It's like, oh, there's a contract here. Sign Cena on it. See you, Roman Reigns, at SummerSlam. Finn Balor gets dogged out, but it's fine. Finn will be cool. I think this sets up him versus Corbin, which is problematic because Corbin is a baby face to my mind. They did this because they're treating Corbin like a heel, and they didn't want John Cena to come in and just wreck Finn Balor. So you got to have a heel wreck Finn Balor, and then Cena come in and wreck the heel, especially after their interaction earlier. But Corbin's not a heel. A guy who's lost all his money and is down on his luck during a point where, what, 60% of America, 70% just went through the same thing. And it's extremely relatable. He's got stuff repoed, doing anything for a buck, just wants to take care of his family in hard times. He's the heel. What? Treat this man like a baby face like he should be. Yeah, I thought that this whole, this was fun. Uh, I'm, my only thing is, I hope. Do you say you want to see Baron Corbin in four segments? I don't. I don't want them to. to no, burn they're this gonna out burn it out. No, 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 I don't yeah. want to burn it. Out. But it was fun for this week. It, it was very fun for this week, and Baron Corbin has been golden in this role. And this is one of those things where they, I'm sure that they didn't expect this. If it's him versus Finn, though, I'm okay with that as long as he gets crushed and you give him more sympathy. I need it to be a squash match for Finn. If it goes over two minutes, then it's too long. Yeah, that's, he squashed that's, Baron before one time yeah. as the demon. So yeah, squash him again. Go ahead, squash him again. That's that's what absolutely should at happen. Summer like, slam, just squash. We at this point, I think they should just kind of slow play this into a babyface turn for Baron Corbin. Like he's because he's still a dick, right? Like he's still an asshole. He's just broke and funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's like if you know having having him getting squashed and being like pathetic, I think that's kind of fun. Um, on another note, pathetic fun. Did you catch Kevin Owens on Twitter talking about tweeting about NXT? No. Oh, my God. So Kevin Owens, you guys know this. I love Kevin. Kevin Owens is, has like this. This uh, He posts on social media about I think he's like live tweeting the next NXT. Right. And Aaliyah is walking by and Kevin Owens is like, hey, Aaliyah, how long have you been here? And she's like, I've been here six years. And he's like, whoa, I was at NXT for 10 months. And the way he says it is such. <laughs> I was like, this is incredible. I don't know, dude. 
Kevin Owens, again, this is one of those guys. He's invaluable. He's incredible. But this this was so good because he shitted all over Aaliyah. <laughs> like, he's like, you've been here for how long? Six years? He's like, yeah, I was in NXT for like 10 months. But that's neither here nor there. I'm, t- I'm live tweeting NXT. And I was like, dude, this guy's he's he's incredible. He's incredible. With Baron Corbin, something like that, it's natural for him to come off. That way, where we all look at him as the baby face, but you can't turn the baby face yet because once you do, you take the charm of what he's doing away from right now. Keep letting him because letting him run in and try to attack Finn Balor. It keeps that charm element about it because he's still a heel, but some of us feel pity for him. The moment he's like gets cheers, it's over. It's not fun anymore. So let this thing run its course. (laughs) But it's great. I've enjoyed every minute of it. No, I I agree. So it's interesting. We have. Our main events for both shows, we have Goldberg versus Lashley. We have Cena versus Reigns. Um, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah, I almost drew a blank. Edge versus Seth Rollins. So we have Sasha versus Bianca. It's shaping up nicely. It looks like a pretty good SummerSlam. Pretty good card. Hey, Inside baseball here, we've like we're talking ahead a little bit, but the undercard for fucking Spence Pacquiao was terrible. So this is a pretty good chance. I'm gonna be around at SummerSlam for a decent amount of time. Listen, I'm trying to get in the building too. So you might see your boys on August 21st here in Vegas at SummerSlam, but we'll also be at all the events that week. So if you're in town, hit us up. It's gonna be a crazy week of wrestling and boxing. So uh actually let's take our last break. When we come back, let's just touch on AEW. Uh it was not the most eventful of weeks. We're still hearing the teases going forward, but we'll recap what happened on, it's not Dynamite, it's like Fight for the Fallen. When we come back, don't go anywhere. We're wrapping up the show after this. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. I finally got something right. It was Fight for the Fallen. (laughs) Everything has like a million names now. Like why does every weekly show need to have a different name? We just had Fighter Fest night one, night two. The debut in Chicago was called something else uh, where they're teasing punk. I I don't know what the fuck that is. And then of course we have pay-per-views with names and it's just, it's way too much. We had bash at the beach before then. So damn much, man. It's hard to keep up with it. Oh, the next one is homecoming. Like my God, stop with the names. It's dynamite. Just call it dynamite. Anyway, minor gripe. We have on this week, one of the best opens to an AEW show that I've seen great open to any show wrestling show in a long time we have the dark order promo with hangman page where they're full garb and just dressed in all their dark order gear in the barn 
and their shadows all have cowboy hats. It's so good. Even though they are not wearing the cowboy hat. Amazing. Amazing attention to detail. Great promo. Um, great package. And they all show up in the ring. They have the bandanas, like they're cowboys, the boots, but the rest of their um, outfits are normal wrestling outfits. Hangman Page. It truly shows how they kind of like blended together. Two things that don't work, but that have mixed perfectly together. Yeah, this this wasn't supposed to work. No, it wasn't. But that that that's the perfect tie-in right there. Yeah, yeah. That that their entrance and then the fucking the elite coming out with the whole monsters. It's yeah. like straight idiots. Monsters <laughs> like, on the bottom, Toon Squad at the top, the Elite Squad. I was like, hey, wait, you guys ain't creep squad. <laughs> Copyright infringement. Where's Faye? Um, but no, it was it was dope entrance, looking like they've never dribbled a basketball in their life. Right. Jesus. Uh Kenny gets a pass, he's Canadian. <laughs> but like even then it's like, come on, it was hilarious. Them trying to dunk and the entire entrance there. It actually bring a promo spot for Space Jam. Like Space Jam 2 in theaters now. Like that was funny. Um, so much better and well handled than uh zombies eating the Miz. Oh God! Like a zombie lumberjack match for a check is ridiculous. That, that, this where did was that happen this is how you get a funny check. Um, I forgot about that already. Oh it was like God. three pay per views ago, right? Four pay per views ago. Wow! I gotta start uh, making lists like worst shit ever. It was the I, Batista zombie movie. Yes, the so uh, right after Mania. Then Miz gets Lord. eaten <laughs> by a bunch of Vegas zombies, <laughs> and that's the end of the match. It might have been against Damian Priest, I think, and then. Miz comes back, he's in a wheelchair, but he's alive. Hey, real quick, why is Miz still in a wheelchair? I don't know why Miz is in a wheelchair. I'm expecting him to do the Kevin Nash. Okay. I was, I was just thought, I was trying to see if there's a reason, because I was like, did he get is it a real injury? I, I just thought it was because of the zombies. No, nah, he's he's not injured, because he was, uh he did like some softball. Cele- yeah, he did celebrity baseball at the All-Star game. Um, yeah. No, yeah, I don't know. Zombie injury, man. He, so, anyway, this match... Know. The, the, this tag match opened up the show. Um, it was good, and then I kept going. Well, Hangman's got to beat everybody, right? Yeah, it's long in the tooth, though. It was long and in the he, tooth, and then he fucking lost. And now I'm like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on now. Um, reports say again, take internet reports, dirt sheet shit with a grain of salt, but say they might be moving off of him and everything they've built up with him and Kenny to make room for someone who's debuting, which you know my pet idea. peeve of them is bringing yes. in the next new guy and going right to the title. They've done it so many damn times. They've stopped doing it. Miro's an incredible case of that and building someone the right way that I fear them going back. To that. Like, no, let this play out. Uh, I think the CM Punk Darby Allen tease is perfect. Because yeah, granted, this is a heel, but that's just a match that'll pop everyone. Dude. Again, I don't know what's happening with Punk and Brian. And, you know, people are speculating. I have no idea. If they I show just, up, great. Plug, if they don't, they got you. Like, either way. But the idea of moving Adam Page off of this match is really bothering me. Because it feels like as hot as he is right now, if that's the report, and if that actually happens, I have a problem with this. Dirty reports, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, but this is the match. Page Omega at all, all in, all out, what is it? Is all it out, out, I think. I think it's all out. All something, goddammit. Whatever it is, that's the match. That's it. I don't care if Punk was to come back. I don't care if Brian comes back. I could care less. It's Page versus Omega. 
You've been working on this for so long. You got a live crowd and the dark order is never going to be any hotter than this. You have to pull the trigger on that match. And like you said, you cannot, you cannot bring in somebody else to be in a title match to lose to Kenny Omega. And if they beat Kenny Omega, it makes it even worse, in my opinion. Yeah. Just Don't coming do in it. and just being hope- right away with no rhyme or reason. Yeah, I just I hope this is a bullshit ass report. That's all I care. I yeah. hope so. Carry it on. Maybe this, you know, again, there's time. There's four weeks. There's a way for Hangman to get the, the win back. Yeah. You know, they got some one-on-one shit. So I, I get it. There's time to still continue on that storyline. Um, FTR versus LAX. Oh, God damn it. Can we figure out? Does, Free LAX. Got, yo, who's got the word? The, the, where's, where's the luck going here? Because FTR, we got to talk about this. Every time they get these big matches, something happens. Okay, they've, they've delivered on one of them. Yeah. Uh. That was a pretty good match. And then the rest have just been weird. And then, granted, listen, this one ends in an injury. But it wasn't great before the injury, if we're just being real. I mean, ends at eight minutes. It could have been going 12, 13. Who knows? Free LAX, man. This ain't, like, come on. Yeah, seriously. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, FTR is a very good tag team. But lately, they have not been a very lately, good tag team. They, they ain't been the same, man. They ain't the, guy, they ain't the revival. No, and they, is, they haven't been that at all in AEW. They well, arrived with the cachet. They haven't delivered on that level at all. They, they delivered with the match with the Bucks. The match with the Bucks was great. But other than that, they haven't, they haven't like this match with LAX. You look at it and you're like, all right, this is the big coming out party. Like you position this match in a way that it steals the show. And the only thing we're talking about is like an injury. Yeah, this it wasn't bad. a good match. No. Um, Let's see, Lance Archer wins again. But the big thing there is the ace shows up on the screen challenging Archer to an IWGP United States Championship match. So I don't know. They don't explain it where the match will be. Well, then Moxley comes out and challenges the ace. He does. I forgot Moxley came out after that challenge. Listen, I, I like it. It's getting weird. My thing is, again, we're not casual fans. So I don't I don't think it's a problem to me. But I wonder if someone just watches AEW, right? Or they were a converted WWE fan, came over with like one of the, you know, they came over Moxley or when people started coming over, Jericho. Do they, what if you don't watch New Japan? Like these I mean, belts to show up? Like what do they mean? Yeah, I mean, I think AEW's made it a point that they are for fans, right? Like, yeah, we want to get a few you casuals in here, but we're going to put in things to make you want to go and watch other companies. Right. Impact, New Japan, AAA, like they mention everything and they're not very self-contained. And I get exactly what you're saying, because, you know, Tanahashi shows up. And if I'm just turning the channels like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, but like at the same time, like WWE did it with ECW. Right. Like yeah. WCW did it with New. They did a whole fuck. Was it New Japan or Noah? They did a whole fucking Japan show. A lot of those cruiserweights. Yeah. Like they've done it before. So. It can work as long as, you know, you tell as long as commentary does their job to explain to people who these people are and why they're important. Because Tanahashi is the ace. Tanahashi is one of the biggest stars in New Japan. But if you don't tell people that and you just throw them on the screen, it ain't going to work. Exactly. It, it's just NWA title when Thunder Rosa brought that through. It, you know, it's just a little weird. Kenny Omega has the impact title. You're, and you're now asking your fan base to watch a lot of shit. As if they're not kind of anyway, understand. But, you know. But I mean, a lot of people don't. They don't have the bandwidth we have. 
A lot of people don't have our jobs. They don't have the luxury of watching every single wrestling promotion. So again, this isn't for us. It's not a critique for me or you. I'm just wondering for those who don't have our bandwidth, like New Japan is not easy to find like by any means. So, you know, it gets a little difficult. I'm just wondering if they, uh, they understand that at times. Um, And then we have Christian Cage and Jurassic Express beating the Hardy family. Free private party while you're at it. If we're free in LAX, free private party. Like, give them. You know what? I'm actually fine with private party being where they're at right now. I I don't need them to be with Matt Hardy. You, but that's, you that's another case of a veteran with an act and a talent. They did it with someone else too. I don't know who the fuck it is, but it pissed me off. Somebody debuted with a with an old veteran again. But the the reason why I'm okay with this is because I don't think private party is ready. They're they're not. It gives them TV time. Mm-hmm. I, That's all. I get. But goddamn, another person with another old talent. Every everybody for what? They they've gone to the well several times. Like one too many times. I'm okay with this one. I like. I give. Andrade has Chavo now. I'm fine. I'm fine with Chavo. That's Chavo. I am too. But that's everybody has hey. a former WCW or WWE guy. Everybody, except for me. They have a former wrestler. We can't even call them WCWW, but they're wrestlers. They're came sure. from everywhere. But we, so, what's look. his face has Sting all the time. The Darby has Sting all the time now. And then Taz has his crew all the time. And then this, like, golly. We what mentioned LAX, look. who is in a faction of five led by Chris Jericho. And they have Conan. Should they not Who's have that? Conan? No, they shouldn't be in the faction if they have Conan. Or they should have... You know, like one or the other. That's a hat on a hat. Like you have Jericho and you're in his faction. It's okay not to have Conan as well. Is Conan in the faction? No, Conan's just with them. I'm going to buck against you on that one. Conan should definitely be a part of LAX because part of LAX not being within the circle at some point. Okay, I'm fine with that. Do that when they leave. Why do you need both at the same time? No, because it's Conan. And you have access to Conan. and Everybody knows LAX and Conan. Tully Blanchard with FTR. And it made sense for what? But everybody has somebody. Everybody. It's old school school There was never 20 managers. It's old school. Yes, there was. You must not watch 80s wrestling. Name a wrestler who didn't come out with a manager. They were like stable or like the same six managers. I just asked you a question, right? Name no, a manager. No. They were hey, I agree. Every, everyone, Everybody. everyone had a manager at a time. It's but a, I, I can remember the people. I can remember, um, you know, the brain when he bounced around. Jimmy, when he bounced around, you had, um, damn, I go down the list. I just keep, I'm drawing a blank now because I'm talking to you. But yes, there, but there was like six. Captain Lou Albano was there. <coughs> Former wrestlers, of course, you know. A lot of these guys, but yeah, I understand when they went to managers, they were, they were good managers, but they would bounce around between talents. There was, you know, this company had five managers, six managers, two valets so that, but they bounced around. They drop one guy, get the next guy, do this, do that. There wasn't 20. Dude. Dre, we're at like 15. We're at like look, no exaggeration, no hyperbole. We're at like 15, 15 ex-manager I, valets. 15. I don't, I don't care about Conan with LAX. I don't. I oh. think Taz each sucks up too much the air with Team Taz. Yes, I think the, it's too much. There are there are ones that work and ones that don't. I think Jake the Chabla, Snake is still fucking there. For why? I don't mind, I don't mind Jake the Snake. Okay, Jake but that's snake. that's another one. We're we're getting to fifteen territory. Look, Vicky Guerrero. I, I don't need Vicky. 
We don't need Vicky, but not, they're not all misses. Some of them work, some of them no. Don't. Okay, no, not not all of them are misses. I'm just saying the sheer volume upsets me. It's a lot. Not that all of them are misses, because um, Don adds a lot to the elite. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, some of them do work. Like, some, yes, some of them make a lot of fucking sense. Yeah, Conan and LAX makes a lot of sense. I don't need them to still be in a faction while they have it. And Conan's not the the manager for the whole faction. He's just the manager for them with no explanation, except, yo, they used to rock. So you guys take that. That's good enough for me. I don't need anything else. It's Conan. Impact history. No. It's too much. It's too much. Too much. Not all are bad, not all are good. The sheer volume upsets. We're at like 15. It's okay. and I forgot who the hell it was, but they're giving someone new another person to. It's getting ridiculous. Um, let me go keep going through the matches though, because I get sidetracked. And then we have Thunder Rosa. Okay. Like Thunder Rosa was in a singles match, defeated Julia Hart. But uh, this is Thunder Rosa signed. Here's Thunder Rosa. I like that. There's, it's fine. It was four minutes. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Yeah, like, um, and you know what? Another thing that bothers me, not not AEW-wise, um, this is more geared towards WWE fans or just pro wrestling fans that watch both AEW, WWE. My complaints are pretty general, right? Like, I, I complain about AEW. I complain about AEW. When I complain about WWE, I complain about WWE. I'm not pitting them against each other at every end, right? That shit bothers me. Someone's like, um, Sasha, there was a tag match with Sasha and Bianca. See, that's AW. I hope you're paying attention. This is how women should headline weekly television. Like, yo, what? Where did this even come from? No, I don't know. What does that have to do with anything? Because I'm pretty sure I remember the Britt Baker match where she headlined, and that was done phenomenally well. So, what, what are we talking about? Listen. I hate when people do that shit. Everything isn't WWE versus AEW. Let them run. Let them be in their own lanes. Enjoy both or just watch whichever one you like. I don't understand why. Look, I watch AEW. I watch WWE. I watch NXT. I watch Impact when I have the time. And I watch New Japan. I don't always no go. No one watches ROH. Just like throw that out there. No, I oh, my God. I just I want it. I don't even know where to find it. Anymore. But, Is it, but when people go out of their way just to shit on a company and not give them any props. Any, it's one thing to say, oh, this company's not doing this well, but they do this well. But there are people that go out there on social media and they will just shit on WWE all day and, and say AEW's perfect. They're not. Or they'll do it the other way. They'll shit on AEW all day and say WWE's perfect. They're not. I know certain people like that. Some Look, very specific people. Yeah. All, what I, I like what I like, but I, like, I watch them all. They all get my time. And when WWE fucks up, which happens a lot, I call them out. But there's nothing that matches the production value and the big match moments of WWE. Nothing. 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 The Sasha, Bianca, no one's giving, nowhere else are you getting those feels. No, you're not getting it. When storytelling's done right there, there's nothing like it. But the other side of that is when I want to watch a show where wrestling is valued, I'm watching AEW. Like, I'm I'm seeing matches. I'm not seeing a bunch of bullshit. Or I'm seeing matches. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm seeing good wrestling. I don't understand people with this shit. And I've seen people who have this very strange train of thought and that say, and I've seen, I've, you know, people said it before. It was like, WWE, you know, they, they got all these black champions, right? What about AEW? All right, let's put this one to the test. 
AEW's been here for what, three years? WWE, yeah. WWF has been here for how many years? How long has the WWF fucked over Black Town? Oh, more than you can count. So for anybody to sit there and say, well, AEW, no, look at the company that you're rooting for. They've been screwing black people over for years. I get they, throw, they throw them a bone now and you want to absolve them from everything they did? Look, the owner of the company called a white dude and said, what's up, my nigga? And y'all are okay with that? Yeah. That's not Come great. on, man. Look, look, AEW <laughs> does have their diversity issues as well, but pro wrestling is fucked in a lot of different ways. WD is not perfect just because they got, you know, Biggie's got the briefcase. Yeah. I, I just think in a climate of diversity, they've made it a point to change now. And I think AEW came in with a, a clear air of like, yo, we are diverse and they are. The roster is very diverse in AEW. Um, I mean, Nyla Rose was champion right out the gate, right? Like in the right. first year, like there is diversity there, like LGBTQ, black, Asian, span, like e- everything, man, everything under the sun is there. But I, in the same regards, I understand where it comes to like, I understand you you are only three years deep, but you created your company in a time where socially representation matters more than ever before. So yes, they had a 37 year head start to do it, but that doesn't give you an excuse to not do it for 37 years. You came in when this is a priority in this country, in the social conscious, in pop culture, which is very, very diverse. You should have stars who are diverse. Like that's, that's ridiculous. It's like baseball. Like, no, like you should have black stars. There's, there's no reason to not to, because every other sport does, um, entertainment wise, because wrestling is a lot of entertainment. You should have black stars or people in position who are black that should and could be champions on a fucking drop of a dime. You should have that because there's an entertainment as an industry shows you black people sell. So there's no reason not to have a black person that you can go to in a drop of a dime in a position if you need to or want to, for whatever reason it is, to become champion. So who would it be? If we're talking about AEW, who would it be? Who who is being held back? No one's being held back. I'm saying Okay, that's this is my point. This you is have my point. to go out there and get that. Wait, person. wait, wait. This is my point. We've discussed this before. You can't just throw somebody in there because no, they're black. Not at all. You can't just say, oh, we got a black guy. Let's throw him at the top of the oh. card. Because you know who their star is that's black is going to be a champion? It's Jade Cargill. Oh, that's, Jade is Jade is definitely going to be a champion. She's that's going to happen. But if uh-huh. they did it, but if they did it now, Ricky Ricky Starks right. going to be a champ. Like, but again, if they did it now, yes, it would feel it wouldn't feel genuine. It feel like they're checking a box. Understood. So I, I'm talking about hiring, in in terms of hiring practice, and I'm not saying they're delayed yet or anything, but. To say no one's ready, that that's fair. No one on their current roster is ready. I, I understand that. You go find someone who fits that bill. Who? Give me somebody. You watch the Indies. Who? I, who are they? I, I hire J, JTG right now. You hire JTG and you throw him at the top of the card? Are you serious? I, I've been watching him on the Indies. Yeah, I are think you? he has the talent. He has the cachet. He has the name value being in WWE once. Where With his current character, he can be a top of the card guy. Yes. I will disagree with you 
to from what I've seen out of him, the physique change he's gone through, all I said, yep, I, I damn sure do. Moose was almost a free agent. Everyone came from Impact. There's an open door policy. Yes, I have Moose come over and challenge Kenny Omega. Yes, I do. That's you say Moose. No, we're talking about JTG. We're not talking about Moose. No, I'm saying I'm, I'm giving you what? more people. No, 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 black but people Moose who are is plug and play top of the wait, card. Guys. Wait, Moose is signed to Impact. You gotta stop. Moose is signed. He was to just Impact. a free agent, but he he re up. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much he, he, he re up with Impact. People. So yeah. you, you can't blame AEW for that. No, JTG is not a top of the guy card guy. Want to know why? Because you got to prove it first. JTG can just walk through the doors and people are like that's it. That's gonna be the champ. It doesn't work like that. It never will. WWE has had. Guys who were the top of the line black talent in every promotion, and they signed them all. All. So who are they missing? Who didn't they sign? I don't. I don't know people's contract situation. So that's no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. WWE signed Ricochet, Keith Lee, Cedric yes. Alexander when when their deals came up. So I, I understand. Like when well, it was time and they were free agents, they snagged. No, them no, 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 no. But no I didn't he, know what their contract situation. No, was. no, no, no. No, my point is, it's not surprising when Keith Lee wins the NXT title. Want to know why? Because he was the man in the Indies. No, I understand this. Yeah. So AEW doesn't have anybody who comes in that was the man where they were at. WWE's got them. So when the WWE has champions that are of color, it's not a surprise. It's not like they came out of nowhere. You signed these people and now they're champions. Cool. Credit to you. But they've done such a horrible job holding talent back as well that it's hard to be critical of AEW. When you're rooting for a company that has done the same bullshit, that is held. Not that, arguing that, but I'm just saying they've held talent back. AEW, yes, I agree. They have to do a better job with some of their talent. Yeah. You know, you look at, I mean, Ricky Starks looks like he's on his way. Oh, right? definitely, definitely, definitely. They, I mean, looks like he's, he's on his he's way. He's young. I get it. Like, it, you got to build him correctly. But he's definitely in the vein of the that middle ground people that they're pushing, and they're not holding him back at all. He's the MJFs. He's the Darby Allen. Like they're giving him equal footing to them. My my whole point is is that everybody's got their flaws, and for somebody to come out there and say AEW ain't got enough black people, that's why I rock with the WWE. I have to question what the fuck you've been watching for the past 20, 30 years, because you watched Booker T get shelled by Triple H. You've watched a lot of the black talent, like Kofi, they gave us Kofi Mania, and now y'all all like, yes, they love black people. It don't work like that, dog. It don't. Nobody's perfect. AEW's not perfect. WWE's not perfect. Criticize them both. That's all I'm saying. If, if you're going to shit on one, shit on the other as well. But don't, like, I hate when people go to and say, well, Impact did this show and it was fucking whack. Did you watch it? Have you watched Impact before? No. Because Impact is, like, the most diverse company out there. In terms of their women, in oh, terms yeah. of their talent of color. They're doing all these things, but if you're not watching and you only show up to criticize what Impact's doing, that's whack. If you only show up to criticize what ROH is doing, that's whack. Roots is a pretty good, was was a pretty good champion. Bandito's fucking awesome. There's good wrestling everywhere. I just don't understand why people have to pick one side and say fuck the other side to everything that they do. That doesn't make any sense to me. WWE does shitty things, but they also do great things. WrestleMania was fucking good this year. No, I agree. AEW has some shitty shows. We've talked about it. When AEW hits their low, I'll be like, yo, that shit was whack. (laughs) Yeah, it was whack. You got to be, listen, we criticize the promotions for who they are. Not compare this one against this one or like, 
I fuck the comparisons. This is where they do great. This is where they don't. And this is how they get better. Yeah, I wish the, more the, people were like that. It's just, I, I, dog, I'm sorry. I just, I don't get it. Wrestling fans, y'all suck sometimes. Oh, because yeah. You, I mean, you, listen, we're in combat sports, my man. Like, I, I know, it's not but, exclusive to wrestling. We're, no, I mean, MMA is weird. Yeah, we're in a weird group of fandom. And, but at least, at least with MMA, it's like the, the outcomes aren't predetermined. Pre- pro wrestling is like, this shit ain't like real like that. And y'all out here like, yo, AEW, fuck WWE or WWE, yeah. fuck. Like, why? They ain't paying you. And the people that work there wouldn't do that. You, you, you Hey, special alert, guys. Guys in AEW, watch WWE. Guys in AEW or in WWE, watch AEW. Guys in New Japan, watch Ring of Honor. And they enjoy it. And they have friends everywhere. They're right. rooting for each other to succeed. Because why, why do you want to burn a bridge that you could potentially be at? That's the other thing. The people like, if you shit on something all the time, like, your ass might end up there. Listen, man, people, it's a fickle fan, as Daniel Bryan once said. Fickle. You're not not even fans. Um, But main event, before we get out of here, Painmaker, Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. It was a death match. Yeah, it was was something. I think they overvalued slow. I think they overvalued Nick Gage on the show. (laughs) I mean, the pop was big, but... It was? I'm not sure. This is where... It's funny to me. I I think a lot of people still, because we talk about niche, GCW is still niche within a niche that is pro wrestling. A lot of people know Nick Gage and got, caught the hype off of the dark side of the ring. They didn't really understand what a death match was. No, they were in for the rude awakening. With this they match. really hadn't seen a death match. And then that shit was right in their face. And this was kind of tame for one. But the pizza cutter came out early. They played all the hits real quick. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a great match, right? It's either you like death matches or you hate them. I don't think there's really somebody who watched a death match and go, ah, eh, it was okay. It was like either I like this shit or I just really don't like it. Yep. And this match was fine for people who like death matches. If you don't like death matches, you hated this match. And I understand. But at least they tried something different, I guess. That's all I really got. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I like the the gauntlet of Jericho, the trials of Jericho. Yo, this is what they do right. MJF <laughs> comes in, MJF comes out there and is like, you told me to Google it. I Googled it, and you're wrestling Juventud Guerrero next week. Yo, I popped. <laughs> it's Hoovy. Hoovy's in the building. The juice? <laughs> that you know, it's, it's great, man. This, this is good storytelling. This isn't Face your opponent every week. He wins one week. You win one week. There's shenanigans, DQ. Now you're wrestling the next week because we're building to a pay-per-view in September. No, this is how do we get from now to September because we know this feud's been going on and these guys don't have to fight each other every week. This yeah. is great. This Be is a little genius. bit more creative. This this is creative. I don't know what they'll do for the rest of it, but Juventud Guerrero but I'm is, interested. Yeah, now, I, now I'm bought in. Now I want to see what each challenge is. Like, I popped for Nick Gage, and I was like, all right, this is cool. But Hoovy made me pop because I was like, that came out of nowhere. And the callback was excellent. They need to – and honestly, as much as I was like, damn, this Nick Gage thing was cool, I think it was mishandled only because the, the whole Nick Gage thing should have been for Moxley. Yeah. Like, yeah, hopefully they go back to it. They find a way back to it. But Jericho – yeah, Jericho is like, all right, fine, whatever. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It's just getting Nick Gage on your television. 
But against if they would have brought him out for Moxley, it's a different oh. level. Well, then that would have been a real death match, and I'm not sure national television is ready for that. That's no, pay per view. That's paper, right? yeah, absolutely, yeah, you can't can't do that there. And you know what? It wasn't bad, but it doesn't help that it came right on the heels of the Zack Ryder one. Yeah, there's a lot going on, man. Like yeah. that match with Nick Gage and I call him Zack Ryder. Fuck it, His mama named Zack Ryder. I'm calling Zack. Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder put on one hell of a show. Matt Cardona, Cardona going in there, being the heel, taking the belt, really being bloody. Like that show was a real GCW, um, just main event caliber death match. Like the man's getting stitched up, damn near bleeding out from his arm. You're like, yo, like you're a WWE made guy. Like that was shocking. So then to see Jericho do it a couple days later, it's like, oh, I just saw this shit. Yeah. And I saw it bloodier. So, like, yeah, it's it's just poor timing. But listen, I enjoyed it still. Cool. Hey, you know, you know what? Last thing on this gauge thing. As much as we talk about Jericho and Cardona, the fact that Gage just did the two of these back to back, that motherfucker's a maniac. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do a death matches every day. Like he's here for a good time, not for a long time. <laughs> like he's pay this man what he's worth. Pay him. Listen, he's earned it. I don't even know what that is. What, I don't, I don't, I don't what even what is know. he worth? I don't know. What do you get out of that bank? You pay him that Oof. for doing for doing every one of these because this man is is a treasure for right now. Again, I'm, he's one of those guys where he's not going to be around in a major company, right? Like he's not going to be signed. He's not going to be super over. He's not going to have toys. But this is this is his stretch. Like he, he'll keep going, but this is what the zenith of his career and popularity. Like yeah, pay him, make him the star that he is. Give him his good ride into it like this I'm, I'm having fun with where nick gage is now i had fun with the show no you didn't because it's not over what's this what is a long show we didn't talk about nxt oh no we're talking about nxt next we're not building towards anything yet. yes we are what is, did you watch nxt this week did you I, see samoa joe get the contract to fight cross at takeover oh, I, I what did. is wrong with you that's something I thought we could talk about later. What do you mean? Okay, so you want to talk about Samoa Joe and Cross. You know I want to talk about Samoa Joe. What is wrong with you? I don't care how long the show is. We are not going <laughs> to not talk about Samoa Joe getting cut from commentary on Raw, coming back to NXT, and getting to work a match at TakeOver against Cross. You know how hype I am? <laughs> I can feel it. I can, One, I'm going to tell you the truth. I did not watch NXT because the show was on Sci-Fi. So you're wondering how I forgot about it. It was on sci-fi. Well, so happens. I'm pulling it up now. Champa and Thatcher versus... Wait, Dunn. you don't have to do all this because pe- people don't want to listen to us anymore. We'll just get to the two things that are the most important. Uh, Dakota Kai turning on Raquel Gonzalez. Oh, I watched that. I did. I watched the end of it. You, now, boom. Now I remember. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. I told you, like, yo, wait until you get to the end. Finally. I didn't, I didn't care for this. Really? You want to know why? Because who's the baby face? Gonzalez, exactly. She's but not. Wasn't isn't that the same Diesel Shawn Michaels arc? Wasn't Shawn the heel in that? Yeah, but Raquel Gonzalez is not a good babyface. I don't Just think like, Diesel was a good babyface. No, that's my point. And so when it happened, it kind of was like, all right. So Dakota Kai is going to be the heel, but she's small. She's not imposing, and she's going to be the heel against Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez is a squasher. Yeah, she got to do some nasty shit. She got to. She got to be dastardly. So, yeah, the turn didn't do a whole lot for me, but whatever. So we have that match. But, I mean, since she won the belt, I was like, oh, no, come on. This is coming. 
Well, yeah, it was inevitable it was coming. I just thought it, it was just a weird it way to do it. It be a good vehicle to get Dakota back to being a baby face, which she was. Nah, like, people thought happy. she was opinion of baby face, but she's better as a heel. So, um, and then, yes, as you mentioned, Samoa Joe gets Cross to sign the contract. Oh, I loved it. No longer an authority figure. He <laughs> he resigns, tells Rigo, I'm out of here. I'm stepping back in the ring. I love, dog, I love this so much. We thought Joe was done. Joe got cut because of his concussions. Yep. How did he get cleared for a match? Lord knows. Wait, hopefully Vince doesn't see that. <laughs> I know. But, you know, uh, Vince probably doesn't watch, so he doesn't know. So I just thought, like, Joe's promos, everything leading up to this, and it makes me wonder if Cross is going to be on Raw. Is Joe going to be the NXT champion? I think so. I think Joe takes the belt off of him, which I know pisses you off because the takeover after SummerSlam is on Sunday and not in Vegas. This is so disrespectful. You want to know why it pisses me off? Not only because that match is on there, but they're doing Dragunov and Walter in the U.S. How are you not doing this in Vegas at, a, at an arena? Granted, that doesn't mean they're bringing them here. They actually could just film it in U.K. And I don't care. Match, no, they, I mean, eight trips and, and, and Sean said they're bringing them to the United States. Hopefully they're not bullshitting us. But if they were to do this in the States, why the day after SummerSlam? Like, this makes me question everything about that weekend. SummerSlam should be on Sunday. Takeover should be on Saturday. That is fucking huge. Are they cooling off NXT? Like no feels stadium like shows, it. like they built up. They sold out the fucking Barclays. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I don't know. This is like a dick move. Like I don't understand why. Why? Ugh. No, that's know. that's Walter and Dragonov was like my match of the fucking year last year. You're doing that takeover. I want to feel those chops. Exactly. Oh, like so how are you? How are you not doing this in Vegas on SummerSlam weekend with fans back? Forever, how long we get still get fans, but I'm yeah. so pissed off. That's free money. Fucking hell. Free money. Could have did it at um T-Mobile, rocked out, and been fine. So I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. I can't wait to watch it. Um this week, I promise you, I will watch NXT live and be focused on it, ready for next week. We appreciate you guys sticking through the show. It was long, it was a lot of different topics. Um, as always, you guys stay healthy out there. Follow us on Twitter at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andres Hell on all platforms. Stay safe until later this week, Thursday, bringing you guys a new show. We're out. Peace.